McKinley Cast, the podcast about freaks and geeks. Tonight we will be discussing Chokin and Token. In this episode, McKinley High School and the surrounding areas suffer from a serious weed drought, so Nick feels like doing stuff again. But then it turns into a flood, and Lindsay misses the other Nick after the first hour. Then she is only an act. Okay, I am not. Can't read my writing. Then she. <laughs> As, okay. Then she, as only an academic can, tries weed, forgetting she has a babysitting gig for the world's most helicoptery parents. <laughs> Meanwhile, Adam decides to test Bill's peanut allergy for himself, and Bill lands in the hospital, and the geek versus geek war comes to a head. I'm Emily. I'm Rich. I'm Carol. I'm Katrin. I'm Aisha. I'm Harold. Yeah! Harold! <laughs> Harold, you're probably one of our, if not the, our, our number one fan. I think so. <laughs> stuck with us. I know, um, I was actually, I looked at the, I can't believe how long we've been doing this so slowly, because I just looked at my last away message on Skype, and it says, now, it finally says, one year ago, going out for a cigarette. And I was just like, that's amazing. A year ago. Yeah, I was just looking at you guys on Twitter today, and I th I think your last tweet is from about a year ago. It said you're about to record an episode. Let me see if I still have that pulled up here. Uh, <laughs> that was probably like four episodes before the one that we're about to do right now. <laughs> I yeah. wish we could sign that, but you're right. How many do we have left? I don't know. What number was this? Like 13? I think you have five after this. Yeah, your last one is, uh, I can't, yeah, it looks 13. like Mar uh, April of last year. About to record We've Got Spirit. April of last year, wow. Yeah, April 1st, 2014. Who's in that charge was of literally like a year ago. It's like Wait, one week less than a year. Who's in charge of the Twitter? I could take over the Twitter. I use Twitter somewhat Wasn't regularly. Wasn't it you? I'm, I don't think I'm it's probably me. the only one that's ever used it. <laughs> you know, you could be our Twitter master over there, Katrin. Yeah. All right. I would need the username and the password because I don't know them. All right. Well, the Probably. password is VFQW123. <laughs> Wasn't it like McKinley Podcast? Don't tell anyone, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we should do this, like, offline. <laughs> maybe. So, yeah. okay. we watched Edit the episode Choking and Token. <laughs> Oh, this is sad. Okay. <laughs> um, why don't we throw out some just off the cuff? Did you like the episode? Did you not like the episode? Katrin? I really liked Bill's storyline. Really liked Bill's storyline. Okay. Yeah. Um, Aisha? Thumbs I'm up. Not or thumbs sure. Up? So you're in the middle. 
like I, I kind of um has I, I I paused the episode like in halfway through and then came back to it later on. So like I'm still trying to digest it. Okay, interesting. Carol. Um. Yeah, I think this is why it's best to talk about the show and then figure out how we feel about it because I'm like, well, I like this part. I wasn't. That, yeah. Um, well, that's like, actually why I'm asking in the beginning because I just wanted to get like some preliminary responses yeah. because it's it's a uh, like philosophically like, and just like and I guess ethically like there are different sides on the stuff that goes on and like okay, I kind of feel like it's there's a lot it's kind of deep I feel like we could go really far into it which is kind of a shame that we don't have as much time as usual tonight okay. I I could talk oh. a lot about what's going on here all right I like I like Bill. He's, you know, he really shows himself to be just such a nice guy. Um, I really like Bill's story. Um, I thought the the bully thing was interesting. Um, Lindsay disappointed me greatly. Um, um, That's pretty you're much just it. saying that because you're a teacher. No, it's that the, is a very yeah. teachery response. No, you know what? No, if if you'd known me my whole life, it's like no, it has nothing to do with being a teacher. It has to do with the fact that I literally have a note in here. Where is it? Um, what Nick can manipulate her that easily still? <laughs> yeah, I see. That's what bugs me. Not ooh, she tried pot, but that she is back to being manipulated by him giving her a little. Um, oh, you know, you you think you're so much better than I am, and I'm just a, or whatever he said to her. You know what? I have I have a completely different take on that. Yeah, I was just gonna say, you know, I could throw out just a different reason why she did it. Yeah, well, that's you know a lot what? more Lindsay-ish and right. empowering. I'm getting to the point where I feel like being a weak little follower is being Lindsay-ish. I yeah disagree. Thoroughly on Good. that, actually. Convince me. I mean, I can oh, I interpret will. it differently, but uh, I'm not in the mood to. But <laughs> convince well, me. You know what? We'll get we'll get around to, to <laughs> that conversation. Yeah. But um, Harold, thumbs up or thumbs down? Episode as a whole. You know, definitely thumbs up. And the thing that's been interesting for me, uh, you know. Because of your podcast, and, and we've had a few false starts here, we're going to record a few different times. Uh, I go, I watch the episode, then, you know, we didn't record, uh, I watch it again. So I've watched this one now three times over the last few weeks. And the first time, I, I which has happened many times, because I was going to send you feedback, uh, yeah. and then things get pushed back. But that's been a good thing, because this is a show that, that bears repeated rewatching. And so, like, the first time I, w- I was rewatching this, I, I remembered, you know, having seen this before. Okay, so this is a pretty straightforward episode. We have Lungy's going to try pot for the first time. Bill's going to have an allergic reaction. And then each time I went back, I kept on seeing more and more things that were going on in this episode. And I kept on having different opinions about things. I, I kept on seeing things from different characters' points of view. This show is just so deep and has so much things going on with each character including minor characters that you really could just keep on talking about, about the show, uh, on and on. So, uh, 
hopefully we can we can fit in uh you know with our our time uh frame for tonight but definitely this is this show uh, this, this episode improved for me with each rewatch oh i was also very disappointed because the whole thing with neil's father was not addressed at all yeah that that i found disappointing and then he even brings up his dad later on he does well, and this, he says this, it in a very it? matter of fact way too this is also yeah. not an entirely serialized show yeah, you got to keep in mind a lot of these episodes. Um, I mean, I would say that the show is serialized. I just yeah, don't think that it's. I don't think there was enough time for them to serialize it completely, especially in a first season. Like you look at most look shows at that that become serialized over time. You know, like uh, Supernatural, for example, or or Buffy. Mm-hmm. The first season or two are very like Monster of the Week type stuff, and then. As it goes on, it turns into one big story, and I feel like this show has uh, flashes of serialization, but um, it's just not enough episodes to really put it all together. But I, I just never that. mind that. If if they have an issue, they'll come back to it later on. But you know, in real life, you're not constantly dealing with the, what happened two days ago. You know, and, and you find out your dad is having an affair with with another woman, and well, the episode leaves you almost like. A, Almost yeah. to be continued. I mean, he's well. It will. At- it will be continued. But you know, does it relate to the events in this issue? So, in, in this particular episode, I don't know. I just prefer like the Mad Men approach, where something may happen and then it'll be dealt with, but maybe three episodes down the road. You know, and when it when it's appropriate to to deal with it, maybe time is due, and that now we have something where it's thematically related. But I just, I feel that's really untrue to a kid. You know, if he finds out something major like that, he's not going to be going into school the next day and just be, you know, like, oh, hey, hi, how you doing? Let's go to the science video. Oh, the girl and so forth. He might be doing that, but there would be more to it than, you know, there's, he'd still be going through some stuff. Yeah, but is this the next day or is this the next week? We have no you know, idea. We have no idea, but... But if this is a week later, or let's say two weeks later for that matter, I mean, it's going to be far from the front of his mind. I mean, he's... I'm sure he's dealing with it at home, but at that point, the last thing you want to do is have to deal with it while you're at school with your friends. And especially when there's something serious with Bill going on, you know, you're not going to be thinking about it at all at that point. Well, no, not, about something once, else. not once you're dealing with the yeah. hospital and everything. I was thinking more in terms of near the beginning i mean i've got you know what i understand i understand the need for that and i think this is one of those problems that actually potential cast has also and it's just the amount of time between episodes i mean if we were marathoning this show and let's say the episode after this one addressed that i don't think it would feel like as much of a problem but since we're taking so much time in between episodes it's like okay i want to know what happens next in this storyline but then you don't get that I think it bothered me just because the end of the previous episode seemed almost like it was cliffhanger. not a cliffhanger exactly, but, you know, if they had had to be continued up there, I wouldn't have felt strange about it at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was like, oh my goodness, okay, what, and to just not have anything about it at all and create an act as though it was just like not a big deal after I, spending the whole episode making it a huge deal just it just that uh, it, it it struck me wrong that's all 
it just seems that the, the 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 focus of the geek episode had to do with Bill, and so if Neil were certainly to talk about what's going on in his home life, let's say his dad has moved out or his parents are going to counseling, whatever, it just wouldn't really fit in with uh, the with the Bill storyline. Um, I mean, let me ask you something, Carol. In Buffy season four. They go into the whole initiative thing, right? And then they get yeah. real heavy into the initiative storyline, and then suddenly Faith shows up, and then we deal with Faith for two episodes. And we get very little to nothing on the initiative for those two episodes. Did it bother you during that point in time? Not really, because it wasn't... It wasn't, like... Ignored. It wasn't ignored, it wasn't ignored and it also wasn't... A, wasn't really an emotional issue mm-hmm. it was a a plot issue i suppose but i feel like yeah, in yeah. buffy they do that a lot with spike and buffy also like when they start doing the will they won't they spike situation blah 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 they they mm-hmm. yeah, emily emily's been covering us. this with uh with on uh, angel where they just in season two where you have the whole stuff with darla and then all of a sudden she disappears for several episodes and they have zombie cops yeah, they and, just skip and over Darla? things all the time. And you know what? I, and to be honest, I'm not going to – like when I was watching Buffy and Angel the first time, I actually had similar feelings to what you're feeling right now, Carol. Where uh-huh. I was like, dude, like give me what I want right now. But right, right. you also go back and watch it later on and you learn to appreciate the way that it's mm-hmm. – how, how it takes the route to get to where it's going, you know? I, but I, I think probably it's bothering me because of, you know, that it's – as I say, it's more the way the last one ended and the fact that we're dealing with, you know, kids of a certain age who... You just really, feel it's unrealistic. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's one of the things that was bothering me because it's just like kids that age just don't let go of things. I kind of disagree. I feel like kids look for some something unpleasant at home they look for distractions and they go to school to like leave that all behind them they do yes i agree with that but at the same time it's they don't leave it behind them you know what i mean well you didn't read his thoughts <laughs> you know and and you know we're only seeing a certain slice of his day for all you know yeah. he's having these conversations it's just not being filmed and put in yeah. the episode yeah. All right. Well. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, we're getting a lot of uh, who's making the noise? sounds right now, guys. I don't. I don't know. Maybe that was me. I didn't think so. Okay. All right. Everybody but... stand still. Okay. Okay. We're good. Um. I just have uh, one more quick thing. I look okay. at this show as kind of almost kind of what Harold was saying, but they're like each episode is like a little mini movie. Mm-hmm. There's some serialization. There's a continuing story, but they all just watchable on their own as a single story. Right. I get it from both angles. I understand your frustration with it, Carol. And at the same time, I think that you're right, Em, that it is kind of like little contained movies. I uh, actually kind of wondered if to each that, their own. I actually kind of wondered if this episode was supposed to come earlier. I was actually going to ask you that, Emily. Do you know if this was at all uh, played out of order or anything? No, I don't believe so, but 
No, that's definitely not me. That one's Aisha. Yeah, Aisha. Um. <laughs> I do think, though, that um, the whole Neil storyline was probably rushed in because they knew that the end was coming, quite likely. So they started putting in some storylines that they were maybe hoping to save for either season two or for later on. Yeah, that could be it also. Like maybe they were they intended on having that be like a finale type deal and then we would address it more in season two, especially considering um, – the fact that when you put a summer between shows, like between seasons, the next one, they it gives the characters the allotted time to progress without us having to see the progression. So yeah. if you were to do something like this at the end of the season and then have this episode as, like, let's say, the first episode of season two, you probably wouldn't be so bothered by it also then, Carol, right? Because you yeah, would have had so yeah. much t- more time oh, to no. adjust. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Um and I'm sure there's a lot of factors that come into play as to why it happened the way that it happened. And I can tell you that the show was canceled the day after this episode aired. Really? This was the last straw, apparently. <laughs> um, I kind of, I mean, you think the execs were just like, okay, well, they smoked pot on TV. We're mm-hmm. done with this. There's a few theories, but that's one of them. All right, well, let's get into the actual episode itself and the stuff that happens. Right. Cool. Okay. Uh, well, do we have um, predictions? Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. All right. I looked them up Let's on my see. phone. I can't do anything on my computer these days because it's making the audio bad. So I got it on my phone. Okay. Oh, crap. I lost it. <laughs> All right. I'm pulling it up, too. So it's a race. I'm trying to, but my internet is slow, so we'll see. All right, here we go. No, I win. I win. (laughs) You go ahead. You go ahead. (laughs) Um, Katrin Mills. Something about smoking weed? Probably Lindsay with the freaks. As for choking, I'm not sure. Isn't Bill allergic to a lot of things? So (laughs) anaphylactic shock, maybe? Question mark? I don't know. I guess I'll find out. You know what, Katrin? She nailed it. I am brilliant. You, you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, she nailed it. We don't have to go into any of the other predictions. She nailed it. <laughs> what are you hiding, coming Carol? coming from uh, who's next? Carol Swift. <laughs> Let's see you follow that one, Carol. All right. Swift. Token definitely weed. All right. Solid start. But I'm thinking choking might refer to letting your nerves get you so you don't say what you want to say. That might be Neil trying to talk to his dad. The weed is probably a Lindsay problem. All right, you get half right. <laughs> I still think it would have been better the other way. But anyway, go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the last one, we got Heidi here. I have never heard token before, but that just demonstrates my lack of knowledge about drugs, I guess. Oh, that's so innocent, Heidi. <laughs> Choking could be on a test or trying to ask out a girl. Or even a chess match. Ooh, and they were, they did have some girl situations going there. There was. So there could another have another bit of a iffy moral conundrum there, if I must say so. How? All right. Well, that's all the predictions that we have. So let's see. We did there get are... some feedback. Well, you, you want to do the feedback now, or you want to do the feedback then? Oh, we do it at the end. Sorry. 
What, right. What's the iffy moral conundrum that you were talking about? I just, um, I would say that taking what Bill says at the end when he's like, you know, you could tell them that I'm still dying if you want. <laughs> and I was just like, because eh. they were just like, really? Awesome. We're so going to do that. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Think it's a slippery slope? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Might not be able to come back from that route. So there are three plot lines, I would say, right? We've got the uh, Lindsay plot line with her trying pot. Um, we've got the Bill plot line, which, which is uh, the allergy thing, which <clears throat> involves, you know, like the, the other geeks with uh, the girls and Alan. And then the third plot line would be, I guess, if you even want to call this a plot line at all, um, the freaks trying not to smoke pot. I say that was like half a plot because there was no resolution to it besides there the... was there wasn't at all. You're right. Yeah. There was a and smile. And there was also the um, Bill and his teacher. Yeah, I, I would involve that in the Bill plot line. There's yeah, part of the Bill plot line also involved the separation the uh, between him and the other two. Yes, yes, it did. So let's cover that one first, then. So this all starts out because his, because uh, Sam and Neil are kind of thinking about moving on up societal ways, um, trying to become a little bit more, uh, I don't know, like popularity friendly, I guess. And they want to like start hanging out with girls and stop going to comic con type things and stuff like that. And yeah, they're going to go to the cheerleading is, thing. Yeah, they're going to go to the cheerleading thing instead of the sci-fi convention. Um, but Bill is not quite in that place. So, Bill seems to be worried that they're going to start drifting apart. He's not testing the water yet. Nope, not yet. That made me sad, that storyline with the, like, drifting apart. It felt way too real to me, and I'm just kind of like, oh, I know yeah. that feeling. Yeah, I think, sad. I've been there too, definitely, for sure. sure. Absolutely. That's happened to me so many times. It's, yep. it's unfortunate. Yeah, me too. We're just slow growers, Katrin. I'm still 14 <laughs> at work. We've noticed. I don't try to hide it. Good to know. Let's play wall ball. Yay. <laughs> I gotta step away and take care of Eleanor. Hold on. Alright. Okay. So, um... So, yeah, so, uh, I don't know, what was I saying? Something about Bill, I'm sure. What did um, we just say? That, uh, there was... Sci-fi. And oh, Bill... yeah, so they're drifting apart, right? Yeah. And, um, they actually kind of start to get under Bill's skin, because Bill says to his teacher when she makes, like, you know, the joke about him being allergic to peanuts. Um, by the way, let me just cover that joke. She makes, or he says something about all the things that he's allergic to, right? Before, before the any of this ever happens, when he's talking to her the first time in class, and he's just like t- telling giving her a list of all the things he's allergic to, and after he says that that he has a nut allergy and that it could kill him, she responds by saying, 
you know, that's very unusual, Bill. And I was just like, that is amazing. That is the biggest sign of the times that I've noticed at all. Because my son's school will not allow peanuts, peanut butter, anything that has to do with nuts in the school at all. Yeah. Right. Yeah, same. Right. But back then, it was was unheard of. Right. Or very rare. Uh, I had had a friend in the 70s who had a peanut allergy. Not a peanut allergy. I'm sorry. He had nut allergy. Any kind of nuts whatsoever. And he was the first person I ever heard of having a nut allergy. And he... That's... Yeah. He would go to the hospital or anything. Any kind of... He had to look at every ingredient on everything because if there was any almond yeah. extract or anything like that in anything, he was in the hospital. And uh, they didn't have EpiPens or anything at that point. Uh, if uh, At least he didn't have one. I realized that it's a relatively new thing, how common. So that was super weird to me. Is it new that it's common that for people to have those allergies or just that people like, didn't know was... before? Oh, they knew because they get really... Almost die. It's yeah. new. Yeah. His whole Something's going on with our food. <laughs> yeah, his whole it's more common throat. now. I've actually read a study that said that our environment is like too clean and that's what's like driving the rate of, of like allergies and like autoimmune diseases. And yeah, stuff. there's a lot of theories. Yeah. yeah. Definitely I start smoking too. again. <laughs> I mean the other the other possibility they talk about how um a lot of people who had severe allergies all moved from like the northeast to Arizona and stuff, uh, but then they all ended up marrying each other and having lots of kids who had really sensitive <laughs> allergies. Um, but uh, I don't know, maybe people with nut allergies Hello? just died young, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Back. It's, okay. it's pretty crazy. Did she cut out for a minute there for the rest of you, or just me? Who? Who? She? Me, she? Carol. No, I heard no. her. No. I heard her. No. Okay. I yeah. didn't. That was weird. I, did, I do think Aisha said that she was going to be right back. Was that Aisha? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think here. so. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, Rich. When she said that, I thought, yep, that's... In, the, in that time, that would have been considered very unusual. Yeah, it just it just threw me off. It was it was a nice little uh, throwback, you know, to the times. But so anyway, um, Bill eventually starts to feel what his friends are feeling, or like maybe he's not feeling what they're feeling on wanting to move up, or I don't want to say move up, but like that's how they're looking at it, I guess. But like wanting to become more social, I guess, with a, a different crew of people at least, and. Um, he tells the teacher, you know, like, I don't like it when you talk about my allergies. So he's clearly starting to feel the effects. Now, do you think that that's because he's actually feeling what they're feeling, or he's trying to, like, fit in with how they're feeling? Well, they brought it up. I mean, they complained, because in the first scene, he readily talked about all of his allergies to, right. to the air, to peanuts. I mean, he was going on and on, and then he got, he got uh, you know, you know, ripped at uh, by Sam and Neil, so uh, and that that's, that's making him uh, you know revealing his geekiness to everyone else. So so when she brings it up the next day, obviously that's why he's uh, you know he's now ha- has a different reaction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think. I think so. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just agreeing with Harold. Yeah. 
Um, I agree. I just think, like, I, I don't feel like he was genuine about, like, you know, caring about how she felt about it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that, like, he, he shows at the end, like, he still wants to be just as geeky as ever when he's, like, inviting Alan to come with the, come to him. By the way, he, let's talk about Alan in this episode. Wait, 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 this wait, is... wait, 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 Rich, Rich. Yeah, go, 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 go Just said, though. The thing is that there's a big difference between being interested in all of those things and having someone say something to you about it in front of the class. Exactly. And everybody laughed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you think Sorry. that he was embarrassed? Yes. Yeah. I do. But he wasn't embarrassed when he was talking about it the first time, so he was only embarrassed because his friends brought up how it was embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. He's he's been sensitized to it now. Yeah, I'm, yeah, not, I think I'm not saying that's not true. It. I was just asking. Wanted to know how you guys felt about it. I think he w- he wouldn't mind talking about it with with the teacher or whoever in a private conversation. Yeah. Uh, to have her have her start making jokes about he's the guy who has a peanut allergy in front of the class, and maybe that's now going to become a regular thing that she's going to keep on bringing that up. Yeah. Uh, even though she's clearly kind of you know teasing him out, out of out of uh, that she she really likes him. Uh, as a student, or you know, whatever, whatever it is, but she clearly is fond of him. But you know, it's embarrassing, so he doesn't want this to continue. Yeah, like. yeah. Uh, yeah. He's but the poor teacher. I mean, oh yeah, he was fine with it that day, and she made him, you know, pretty nice little topical, fairly good joke, mm-hmm. and kind of crushed him. It was she looked crushed. Yeah, she felt really bad. Yeah, those scenes were just awkward. The teacher, Bill Scenes? Yeah. That's Judd Apatow's wife, by the way. Uh, yes, yeah. it is. Leslie Mann. Yep. She's in, like, all of his stuff. Yeah. And she's pretty funny. I like her hair, but probably because it's like mine. <laughs> <laughs> I've just never seen it so short. It's cute. This is probably the nicest she's ever been in any TV show or movie she's ever played a part in. You didn't see that one show that... Judd Apatow did the animated show. Animated show, no. Yeah, the one where um, it got canceled like, after one season, but it was like, um, Jonah Hill was the voice of the main character. Oh, that sounds familiar. Like it was from a couple years back. It, it was, was like, like really uh, two guys, right? Like a uh, two two guys best friends. No, it was just this really annoying kid. And Judd, uh, uh, Jonah Hill like voiced him. But Leslie Mann pay- played the teacher in that show too. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> like I think it sh- like it showed at the same time as Napoleon Dynamite, the, sh- the cartoon. I didn't know it they made bugging. a Napoleon Dynamite cartoon. I didn't either. <laughs> and I could have gone my whole life without knowing that. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, well, Google's not working for me, so I'll have to sate my needs for knowledge later. It's a derailer anyway. We don't have time for that. Yeah. Alright. So, We're anyway. About Alan? Yeah, so let's talk about Alan. This is the most character development he's ever gotten. Oh, yeah. By a long shot. Yeah, I loved it, actually. Did anybody walk away from this episode thinking, maybe Alan's not that terrible? Well, yes I will and take no. That okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
yeah, yes and no is. I mean, if somebody says that eating something might could kill them, like why would you do it anyway? Like put it in their food. It's just. Uh, well, a he, he's, so he's a young kid. I think I think kids want to, or well, he's fourteen or fifteen. That they like testing things, and I don't think you know, it's such an unusual thing, particularly back in 1980, that someone would actually die from a peanut. It doesn't surprise me that uh, a kid, especially one who's a bully and one who's who probably doesn't think that much of other people's feelings, would want to see the actual reaction or see what what would happen. You know, just push the boundaries. Mm-hmm. That doesn't surprise me at all. Oh, that did happen to me once before, though. The thing is, is it sounds like he's been bullying them because of one yeah, incident back in elementary not... school. <laughs> yeah. He's been holding a grudge that long. Do you think he's legitimately holding a grudge, or this has more to do with him trying to be cool? Well, I mean, it may be kind of a rationalization when he's faced with Bill in the hospital room, mm. you know, where he, he's, he doesn't want to take on all the faults himself. He wants to spread some mm-hmm. blame onto Bill. Bill's a liar. Uh, Bill wasn't uh, a good friend to him or didn't reach out to him, you know, in fourth grade. So there may be a little bit of that where he, where he's trying to, you know, deflect some of that, uh, his own guilt. But there's probably a lot of things. You know, he, he, he's, a, he's another kid who's probably not that different from them in, in many ways. He, he just doesn't have the social skills, that uh, which they don't have either, and has a hard time expressing his feelings about things. Yeah, I think he just doesn't want to let it go. Let what? Like, let go of that, like, grudge that he had against them. And by the way, that show was called Alan Gregory. Yeah, there it is. Okay. I remember that show. It was actually pretty funny. It was just annoying. I don't know. I kind of, I got behind it. My roommate loved it. But, um, yeah, so, Alan... I, I got to admit, I walked away from this thinking I hate Alan even more because I didn't care about his emotional fragility or whatever it was. Like, you pretty much almost killed this guy after you said that you could kill him by doing what you're about to do to him. And I have no remorse for somebody like that. And the fact that, like, you know, he's got this tough guy exterior on, which is just, like, so clear as day. You could see right through it. But, um... The way that, like, his dad acted was, like, go do this, like, blah, blah, blah. But the face that he had on, you know, while his dad was telling him what to do, like, it just looked so, I don't care about being here. Like, I just, I wanted to crush his little head. His dad looked like kind of a bully. I'd believe it. I could buy into it. that's just what he knows? It could be, but, I mean. I don't know. I don't don't think if his dad was as big a jerk as he is that his dad would have even brought him down there. I think they would have had a cop in tow. I don't know. I kind of feel like uh, Alan kind of, kind of deserved the way his dad was acting. Like he did almost kill this kid and yeah. he yeah. did oh, yeah. do it intentionally. So pretty upset. <laughs> oh, I agree that he, that his dad acted in a proper fashion in that situation. But I think what Emily was asking is, do you think that his dad acts like that? consistently and that's why 
We don't know, so Alan I was just bringing that. it up. Yeah. I, I don't I mean, know. Was the dad that bad? I, what was the I dad do that was so bad? I didn't he think was just yeah, a little pushy, I think. Well, he, he probably should be because his son is so recalcitrant <laughs> about admitting that he did anything wrong. Yeah. You know? Um, he looked like he was drop kicking him into the hospital, is what I'm basing <laughs> yeah. it by. <laughs> you know, I think I I would have appreciated. They could have very easily made us appreciate his dad as a genuine human being more if they had him um, say something to Bill's mom in like you know a consoling fashion. Like, yeah. I've just got to tell you, you know, I can't believe he did this. I feel terrible about. It. Like, if he, you know. Well, he did say it's the only thing that we can emotion. do. I, he did ask, yeah, ask I guess I, it was just – I, I think it was his lack of emotion that just makes you kind of wonder, like – because he, he had, like, stone face on the whole time, you know. Not not to be <laughs> practical here or anything, but it would have cost them more money to have the actor say any more lines than he said. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> uh, who is that actor, though? What are they, what are they fans of? I don't know, but they were. He had under five lines, I think. And so they were paying him peanuts. Yeah, oh. five lines. Oh, come on! It's a joke. It's a pun because of you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm so funny. No. Right. <laughs> I think we got so. it. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't know. So... Maybe it's maybe it's because of five my minutes. my business. I'm I'm an attorney, so I I regularly see parents who have kids who've done all sorts of things. And they're always uh, so so often, you know. Typically, they're they're very, you know, they just don't see that their their child did anything wrong. It's more about uh, what trouble they're going going to get into. Uh, so so this father didn't seem that unusual to me. Uh, you know, he he brought his son in to make an apology, mm-hmm. which I think was appropriate. He offered you know whatever they could do to uh, make things right. Obviously, there isn't. A whole lot they could do, but at least he was there. He made his son uh, show up and, and, and make an apology. Now it's not. Alan turns around and, and tells Bill's mom that Bill's a liar and he's always lying. So why should he have believed Bill? Which is, as you know, it mm-hmm. takes a lot of gall, or, or he just has no idea what he's saying. Uh, which that, that's an interesting moment, I thought. Yeah. But, but actually, as for that. I, I did think there was something interesting about that because um, when I was watching this, um, my, my third go-around, it finally dawned on me that going in, in the lunchroom scene, there's a cross uh, cut in, in the lunchroom where Alan is sitting with his friend, and he says, uh, let's see if Bill's really a liar. And he goes over to put the peanuts in Bill's uh, sandwich. And at that very moment, Bill has gone over to Gordon, and he's lying to Gordon about not not going to the sci-fi convention. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't watch it three mm. times. Yeah, that is interesting. Mm. You're right. Huh. So is Bill a liar? Is that... <laughs> he might be. When he Alan said... is right. <laughs> when, when Alan said that in the hospital, part of my head kind of went back and said, does Bill lie any more than any of these other kids do? I don't know. He Every seems like the I've most honest. Sorry. He generally seems the most honest character of the, of the bunch. He's the one who yeah. tells it like it is. Yeah, I think that's just an Allen thing, like trying to justify yeah. being a douchebag. Yeah, um, I agree. 
Though it is yeah, yeah. very uh, random that he would actually be lying at that time. I mean, it's kind of amazing th- that they would have written that in. I think what made me less um, compassionate towards Alan was the fact that he really didn't seem to learn anything from what he did. He just, you know, we don't know whether he'll ever put peanuts in somebody's, you know, stuff again, but, or, you know, do something that, oh, let's see if he really will die if I push him off this bridge. Um, <laughs> I doubt he's going to do that. <laughs> well, you know, just an example. Um, he's not all that sharp, but, um, <laughs> but he goes right back to the same, you know, using the same tools that he's been using. Mm-hmm. You know, of, well, you can't you can't change overnight. No, but, but, he, but he, he did apologize, and, and he was sorry for what he did, and he almost joined them for the convention. Yeah, he just couldn't quite go all the way. But he, you know, <laughs> that, but that that's something that he showed up there and was, you know, he got up in the morning, he went over there, and he was he was trying to make some sort of amends or some sort of connection. Yeah. I think seeing them in their costumes was what ultimately turned him around. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think he was like, all right, well, you know what? Maybe I could do this. And then he saw them all in their costumes. He was like, mm. nope, I can do better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's what he was thinking. He was like, I'm cooler than these guys. There's no way I could lower myself to them. But in reality, they're going to have so much more fun than him. It's yeah. Stupid, oh. stupid people. Oh, yeah. here's a, here's another thing I thought about watching this the third time. Um, I don't know when, when did George Takei come out. Does anyone um, know? He no, he only came out a few years ago. Because I, I I wonder if that was before or after they wrote this episode because it just seemed kind of interesting that Alan kind of had that that look of of uh, you know interest when they mentioned that George Takei was going to be at the at the uh, convention. Concerned that Alan is the type of guy who, who like, you know, gay baits kids and, yeah. you know, or accuses them of being gay oh, as, as, a, as a bully. Yeah. Yeah, the whole, I uh, don't repressed think... homosexuality thing. Yeah. I don't think he was out when they wrote this episode. No, I don't think so either. I think he wasn't out until the 2000s. I'm checking it, though. But that's an interesting theory. He came out in 2005. Five, I think. I don't, I don't know how well that was known in, inside Hollywood or not. It, it just seemed that a lot of this episode had to do with identity, uh, you know, how, how a person sees themselves. And uh, that was just another thing that kind of jumped out at me on the multiple rewatching. True. I thought it was interesting that they picked George Decay. Yeah. Uh, and not someone who was more... You know, more well known. I guess in a way they they uh, were showing that you know if he knew who George Takei was, he really was um, a a sci fi fan. Yeah, I think it just made the funnier joke. Mhm. Yeah. Okay. Well, you guys have anything you want to talk about with Bill's plotline? By the way, you guys well, all know who George Takei is, right? Yes. 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 <laughs> okay. 
he's, After that uh, triples thing, you he's know. He's a bounty hunter in Star Wars, right? <laughs> I don't know anything about him on Star Wars. I just know him. Star Wars? From Wreck. Facebook. Wreck. Oh, did I say Star Wars? I knew it was the other one, Star Trek. Star <laughs> I am not a sci-fi person at all, guys. Star Trek. Yeah, I follow him on Facebook, that's all I know. We will I mean, Twitter. We will I'm, I'm another one who never saw it either. Oh and he my. was on Heroes. Yeah. Good. So. Yes, he was on Heroes. What, he was, was in one episode of Lost Girl, which I think might be the only thing I've seen him in, but I know who he is. Okay, hmm. we we are going to revisit this problem later. Okay, go on. Let's continue. <laughs> oh, let, let's talk about Vicky and Maureen, though. Yeah. Because I, I thought it was interesting, like, like in that first scene there, you could see that Maureen still wants to hang with the guys, and and yeah. uh, Vicky is is keeping her away. And it, again, it fits into this whole issue of of identity and 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 the different guises that they're kind of putting on themselves as they interact in the school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's those, yeah I uh, love that Maureen was still around and saying hi to the guys, and she seemed genuinely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she wanted to talk to them. She has she has no qualms about talking to them and hanging out with them clearly it's just it's it's class you know what i mean it's like they're in different classes at the school and uh her friends won't let her hang out with them and that's all it comes down to that sucks you know that's like Uh, the worst i wonder whose decision it was to go to the hospital vicky or maureen i wonder too because vicky i mean maureen i would have seen i could see her going but Vicky was she was like one of those people that just want to be around the drama. Yeah, yeah that's I, that's I was about to say that. I think it was yeah. probably Vicky's idea, honestly. I bet Vicky would, I bet Maureen was like, "Oh my god," like actually like sad. And then Vicky was like, "We should go make sure that they're so that they are okay because, you know, they are close friends of ours. So we have to check <laughs> on them." Right. I, There's always people like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. All of a sudden they're because she'll want a story to tell when they get back to school the next day. Right. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. But I, I believe that Maureen was completely genuine the whole time. Sure. Yeah. 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 And uh, Miss Foot too. Even Bill got a little, got a little thought, uh, flirtation going on there. I thought that was a dream <laughs> at the end. Because really... <laughs> <laughs> it would be just so unbelievable. Well, it was just weird. It it really was strange to have her sitting by his bed, fondling his hand. Um, <laughs> I did not know you could fondle a hand until right now. You could fondle anything, Rich. <laughs> I've got a lot to learn. You really do. Uh, is, is this the first time that we've met Bill's mom? I, I was, think so. I have that written down also. Bill's mom, yeah. first appearance, question mark? I was it, I yeah. was saying, oh, here we I say, hey, sci-fi conventions and Bill's mom is from Babylon Five. Never seen it. Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> You've never seen Babylon Five either. Nope. Well, that's less on scale than Star Trek. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, She's... and we got a, we got a lot of information about her like right off the bat too. Bill's mom, the actress who played Bill's mom, has a major part in Babylon 5. So I just thought it was interesting that in an episode that was talking about sci-fi conventions and everything else, they had someone from 
an actress who would point later is. be on Babylon 5 because she was, that's from the mid 90s, early to mid 90s. So that was before then. Okay. So that was before this episode. No, it was after yeah, this episode. But after 1980. But, yeah, but this show was, was shot in 2000, right? Yes, 2000. Yeah. So to the audience, she, she would be that she woman was from already. Babylon yeah, 5. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. The audience I thought she was way too calm when um, Alan was apologizing to her. Yeah. You think she was too calm? She kind of like yelled no. at him, didn't she? No. Yeah, she did. She, she was like... No. She totally did. She, she was didn't like, raise her voice at all. Well, she... What is she going to do? Like, really? She's she kind of did. She's going to scream at I this mean... guy? She stood up and she like was like... She back-talked him, you know? She gave him the truth. Yep. She, she made said, you know, she's like, he, you cannot speak to him. He's, he's in a coma. Medical condition, and then she walked yeah, away. Yeah. She like stomped away. She was. Stirred. I was just thinking, like, when I watched this, like, oh my god, if this is my kid, and this kid did this to my kid, I would have like yelled to zero. See, I don't know. I think I would have had more of the reaction. Like, I'd rather him just not be there at all. You know, yeah. if I were in her position, I wouldn't have wanted him to show up. And if he did show up, I pretty much would have walked away. Which is kind of how she took it, so... And it would be fairly awkward to do that in front of his father. That's all there is. Who just made him come to apologize. At what point do you go over the line? Mm Because he's still a kid, and the parent Mm -hmm. is still there. So it's it's a weird situation. She was very stern with him, but she she wasn't yelling or anything. Yeah, exactly. She was clearly emotional, though. She did a good truth talk, I thought. I enjoyed uh, Jean and and Miss Haverchuk having that little moment together when she told her that she was all up in the pills and the booze and the drugs. And Jean was like, well, I dropped Sam once. I dropped him on his head. And it actually made her feel better. <laughs> oh, plus she was like, I wasn't worried about con- nutrition at all. It's like, yeah. she was probably eating three square meals a day, and this lady's <laughs> talking about popping pills. Yeah, exactly. And all this alcohol. Her, her original reaction to her talking about that, too, was pretty funny. She was just like, you could tell that she was about to relate to her until she started talking about the drugs and the, and yes. the pills and stuff, and then yeah. she was like, oh. <laughs> and then she had to reach I down just real didn't far. take folic acid. <laughs> But it's a nice little link to to the Lindsay plot. Yeah, with the drugs. Mm-hmm. True yeah. story. So, yeah. can we get into the Lindsay plot? I just yeah, want to say good. too, yeah. it was a nice little moment there when she, uh, Bill's mom comes in and tells him that uh, his dad was worried sick. Oh yeah. That and was Bill nice. was Bill was surprised. Yeah. So does you know does that tell us? Did we know all that much about Bill's parents in general? I, don't, I think, I think we so. found out something last episode. Knew, yeah, there's been a line that or two. Bill's dad doesn't come around. Because mm-hmm. Bill said something in the last episode, like, I just talked to him last month or a couple months ago or something like uh-huh. that. Okay. okay. Yeah, Neil says, he says something like, you don't even have a dad. Yeah. Like, what do you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, it was, I, I enjoy meeting the parents and, and the new characters in the show big fan of stuff like that yeah getting to getting a feel for their home life mm-hmm, uh-huh. exactly but uh i mean I, I couldn't give a i don't care if if my mom came in and was like your dad was worried i'd see a guy i'd be like yeah well where the where the fuck is he 
Yeah. <laughs> it's not standing here. I almost died. He's not here next to me, so. Oh, oh one, right. one last thing I, I want to mention. Uh, I mentioned on the Facebook page a few months ago there was a, uh, a WTF with Mark Marin with the actor who plays Bill. And, oh, yeah. and I said there was a spoiler alert because he talks about this episode. So I, oh. I don't recall now what they said, but now you can listen to it. You can go back. Oh. It was from a few months ago. Oh, cool. Okay. Thanks. All right. Let's do the Lindsay stuff. Well, you know what? Before we get into the Lindsay stuff, let's just talk about anything we want to talk about with the freaks. Does anybody have anything they want to say about the freaks trying to stop smoking pot? Well, this isn't about that, but my first note after Nick is more stoned than usual is that his pot dealer looked like Art Garfunkel. (laughs) We've seen this kid a few times. Yeah, he's been around. Why didn't I ever notice that he looked so much like Art Garfunkel? (laughs) Maybe his hair is getting bigger like uh, Ken's. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely mostly the hair, but, you know, facially he does too. I mean, I started... Myself is who is this guy? Is his last name going to be Garfunkel? And he's <laughs> like Art Garfunkel's son or grandson or something. Oh, when they were talking about like the dealer in the pot, I just like flashed back to Pineapple Express. Yeah, same characters. Yeah. yeah. Well, I should I could say they genuinely were trying to make an episode that um, kind of frowned on pot and how it can affect you without being cheesy, do you guys think they did it? I thought it was cheesy. Hmm. I did not. I didn't, yeah, I didn't either. I didn't think it was cheesy either. I thought it was, uh, especially, yeah, I thought it was actually pretty well done. I don't know. Yeah. To me, this was, like, it was almost exactly the same as the Don't Do Drugs videos I had to watch in health class. Like, it was very similar. All right, but so, don't you feel like there's a certain amount of parody? Like, I kind of feel like some of the cheesiness is intentionally thrown into this episode so that you would think it's cheesy, so you would realize that they're not exactly trying to convey the the most obvious point, and they're trying to give you subtle nudges in the other direction that maybe they don't actually feel that it's as don't do drugs as they're as they're they're showing on the surface. I don't think I thought about it that much. <laughs> well, well, I thought that that one scene between uh, Nick and Lindsay was kind of interesting because, again, each time I watch it, I saw something different in it. And uh, my, my initial reaction was seeing it through Lindsay's eyes and, and you know, what a drag Nick is. He was such a, a better guy when when he wasn't smoking dope. And why is he just, you know, smoke dope and eat Drake's cakes and he's doing nothing? But then... Watching it again, I could see it also from Nick's point of view that that she is a lot like her father, and she's kind of uptight. And what's what's the matter with uh, if you get high just a little bit and, and you listen to music and, and he's enjoying that experience? And, and she can't even she she has sort of a toke that she doesn't even inhale or she's not breathing it. She and she's already making a judgment about it when she doesn't know what she's talking about. It. You're getting both points of view, and I think Nick is a, is a substance abuser, but 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 they're both right in their own ways. I think I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I'm with you. I think there's also um, when she is getting 
she makes so many bad decisions in this. Um, <laughs> I mean, really. The uh, <laughs> but when she goes to the encyclopedia to look up <laughs> you know, all this stuff, um, it, I thought it was a nice nod to uh, what you would find in encyclopedia from that era about marijuana. And that, and that that you would have an encyclopedia, right? <laughs> yes, that you. Yeah, didn't think of that one. I'm still behind the times. Um, <laughs> um, that you'd have an encyclopedia, and that the encyclopedia is going to give you a lot of very alarming things. Which I mean, it, it it's going to be less alarming than going to you know drug class films or something, but. Still, yeah, this wasn't to me like uh, I keep on thinking of that classic Dragnet episode where the uh, mother is smoking pot while her daughter is drowning in the bathtub. I mean, it wasn't like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, some people a... have this type of paranoid reaction. Yeah, is that a different one than the LSD one? Yeah, that's a different one. Okay, I don't remember that one. That show sounds terrible. <laughs> Dragnet was not a terrible show, but... No, I don't mean terrible in quality. I mean terrible in... I would never want to see that episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was a commercial in the 90s also. There was like a babysitter... Do you guys remember that? There was a Don't Do Pot commercial where there was a a babysitter that was... was, I mean, it was basically this episode. There was a babysitter that was supposed to be watching the kid, and the kid was... uh, She got all high and ended up walking out with... uh, her friends who got high with her and left the kid by himself, and the kid was like in the bath. <laughs> Nobody remembers that. <laughs> no. that, that sounds familiar. I wow, was, that's. I remember hardcore. there were there were some awful "Don't Do Pot" commercials back in the nineties. There were so like I mean, come on, like it's fucking yeah. crazy. I, the only one I remember is the one with Rachel Lee Cook, and she's like, "This is your, one. this is your brain on drugs. Oh, this is your omelet? brain, and this is when, yeah, the omelet." Yeah. And she like yeah, smashes exactly. everything with a pan. Yeah. You guys don't remember the one uh this is probably in the mid two thousands or early two thousands when they had the girl that was like a deflated person that was just like sitting on the couch eating cheese do- cheese doodles. I feel like that's more recent. Yeah, was, that was that so was recent. I mean it was recent, but like maybe a decade ago. Hmm. Well funny, Rob seen... and I were just the other just this morning. He said something to Scout. He's like, I learned it by watching you. Do you guys remember <laughs> that one? And I, I just go, man, that is something everyone in our generation knows. Uh-huh. Yeah. Scout had no idea. But. The the whole thing with the paranoia and everything, um, you know, I've seen that happen to people. Um, you know, some people have reactions, some weird reactions to, to grass. I mean. Oh, yeah. They do. I thought that was a great touch also. I think that – I mean it's a terrible decision to do a drug that gives you anxiety and then l- research the drug while you're already anxious about the drug, which is going mm-hmm. to tell you stuff about the drug and how it's going to give you anxiety. I mean you're just – it's well, like anxiety her. inception. It was a perfect Lindsay of, moment. It was yeah. also – it was stupid of her to – to try it by herself. It was stupid of her to take it to her home. It was stupid of her to... <laughs> I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, the amount that she smoked just in itself, like, she... she did you see the joint that she... She had to put 
extra papers on top of it to roll it up like she just smoked herself silly. Anybody smoking that much pot to their face, the first time that they smoke is going to go crazy. Like there was just hydroponic way too. Much. too. <laughs> it was hydroponic. <laughs> hydroponic, yes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's why I say I was the amount of disappointment in Lindsay that I had had nothing to do with being a teacher. You sound like a teacher. You know, she's just being stupid and weak-minded and weak in general and just ugh. That's so funny because okay. I'm not disappointed in her at all. Really? No. Well, I feel just, like... What about her... I mean, she kind of... She forgot about having to babysit. That was definitely... Well, that was thrown at her by her parents the night before while they were watching yeah. TV. Yeah. The, Did she ever agree to that, though? Bother me. I mean, Not entirely. You know... Also, like... Speak on your disappointment, Carol. I, yeah. All right. I feel that... She wasn't manipulated at all by Nick. The way okay. that I look at it is that she's an extremely reasonable and logical person. And once she had these um, preconceptions about about marijuana and what it's like, which she clearly showed later on when she was researching it, meaning that she hasn't done that before. So she was giving him shit for you know doing this thing that she is pretty ignorant about. So then when he called her out on her ignorance – I don't think she was necessarily manipulated as much as she kind of realized, like, you know what? Maybe he's right. Maybe I don't know anything about this. Maybe I do have to experience this in order to judge it. Okay, first of all, when I felt that she was being manipulated the first time was when they were on the basketball court and he got the pot and he wanted to go home and he started giving her a guilt trip. Yeah. And... and, um. He said like one or two things and she was there. She was like, oh, okay. You know, that's all it took for him to manipulate her into coming back with him and uh, so he could smoke a joint. And right. that's, that's when I wrote my note about her being manipulated so quickly. Okay. Um, I thought you were referred, referring to them when they were on the couch. <laughs> no. But second of all, she does have information. Not having from having smoke pot, but from having watched him for the last how many months that, but the, he, that he's, but she's known him and seeing I, what pot does to him. I can't – I see, I have a problem with that mindset because she's seeing – okay, so she personally does not enjoy how he is when he's like that, okay? But that is her feelings about him. He likes doing it. He enjoys it. So, I mean, what makes her – opinion of him more important than his opinion of himself well it it is hard to watch someone that you know apparently he was good at basketball he was on the team she saw all those trophies way back yeah. it's hard to watch someone that was a long time ago. like that mm-hmm. it was a long time ago years ago <laughs> listen it's gonna sound like i'm defending you know smoking marijuana at this point but i'm not trying to do that what i'm trying to do is defending people's decisions to do what they want to do. Well, you know and I mean? it's fine and I'm not I'm not being all anti smoke pot, but well, it's she has a point that it's hard and when you're smoking pot, you lose your drive to do stuff and that's hard yeah. to watch as a person on the outside. Well, certainly if, if you're smoking regularly, but I mean when were we 
you know, you're saying, well, maybe she, you know, she's she's acting uh, through weakness by by uh, going along with Nick and, and trying the pot. But either way, it's either what Nick wants her to do or what her parents want her to do, as opposed to what she wants to do. So either way, she, she's going based on someone else's opinion, as opposed to making up her own mind. And she never has truly tried it until this episode. Mm-hmm. Well, on that case, I'm going to agree with Carol a little bit more because I think that and she, I don't necessarily think that it's one or the other because, like Carol said, you know, she's seen how it, it affects Nick. So regardless of what her parents said, if she doesn't like what it did to Nick, then she's not going to do it. You know, like, so I, I don't know if I necessarily well, think that it would have to be one or the other. It's not like she's making a plan now. I'll, I'm just going to smoke every day like Nick and go to school no. high. And, and, and I do agree with that my part. Parents. She's she's doing it in an afternoon where, where she thinks her parents are, are not around, and she's just gonna you know experiment this one time and see what what it's like. Who knows what's gonna happen in the future? But right now, I think she's she's limiting herself to to trying this in private without having Nick with her and guiding the experience or telling her this is great or or you know anything. She's just doing it her own way. But then because of the babysitting. Uh, job, she's all of a sudden she's thrown into a different, you know, something different than what she was planning. Yeah, I think she felt like Nick had a point. Yeah, she was that's, like, that's what I thought. I don't know it. So, and how I think classic Lindsay, she's going to be like, okay, well, and like what Harold said, I'm at home, I'm alone, I am going to know what this is like so I can actually form a good opinion. For science! And what, and what a great time to experiment when you're home alone with something that you really don't know how is going to affect you and it's going to Well, she's a teenager. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. she that was a bad decision. I mean, but, I'm, you know, we're not defending her decision making in this episode. She clearly made a lot of bad decisions. Right. And that's, you know, that's more my point is that she for someone who's supposed to be a fairly smart girl and scientifically minded girl this was. I think she needed a control. Yeah. <laughs> she needed a know, control to keep her down. Well, you know, you don't. Just if you're going to be logical about it, like when you said, "Oh, well, okay," Nick convinced her that you know, okay, I can see her saying, "All right, fine," then I will try this and see what it's like. I, I can, I can see that happening, out of a. Um, trying to be fair, trying to be reasonable, uh, admitting that he had a point and all of that. But then, so you set up a situation and you say, okay, I'm going to try it. Now, show me how, tell me what I'm supposed to do, blah, 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 blah. And you, and you do an experiment and you have someone there that knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah, now, that to, was all her naivete. You know what, though? To play devil's advocate there, I feel like... What if her reasoning for doing this on her own was the exact reasoning that you felt she was she was being manipulated? She didn't want Nick to feel like he had manipulated her into doing something that she didn't want to. So she wanted to go home, do it by herself. Because if she came to Nick and said, all right, you know what? I'm going to do this with you. Nick would have been like, all right, I convinced her. You know, so, so if she goes home and does it on her own and she tries to figure out, she experiments by herself, she doesn't even have to say anything to him, then – Maybe she's thinking, okay, I'm not giving in to what he's saying. And maybe she's hoping that she's going to have a lousy experience, that she's just going to try it. It doesn't do anything for me, 
and and no one was influencing me. And that's it. I, I had my one attempt at trying it. So why doesn't she go to what's her name, the Daniel's girlfriend? Because she's a blabbermouth. <laughs> that is very true. She is a blabbermouth. She, she showed her smarts. She showed smarts by going to Millie. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was the, the brightest move she made all night. Yes, it was. Yes, because apparently was. she couldn't yeah. even be in the same room with that kid. <laughs> Let me say, I had, I was so torn on Millie in this episode because. At some points, I was like, wow, she is a great friend. Lindsay is lucky to have her. And at other points, I was like, I want to strangle this girl. Like, she was there for Lindsay. She was loyal to Lindsay, and she was condescending the entire time. She was playing the God card a little too much. Oh, God. That's... See, <laughs> oh God, now, yeah. now, now, Katrin, yeah. when you said earlier that you felt it was too cheesy, this whole God thing that she spewed for the, for the 10 minutes that, that we focused on them in that house, I felt like that was the writers saying, we're going overboard and we know we're going overboard. Oh, God, that just drove me nuts. That was, the whole time I was watching that, I'm just like, I want to slap her right now. Like, that annoyed me to no end. See, and I think it was supposed to. Millie. I don't think that was like, she's right because she's talking about God. I think we were supposed to be a little put off by how sure she was and how condescending she was about not believing in God. Especially the line at the end where she was like, I feel sorry for you. Like, you know what? Like, I feel sorry for you because tomorrow you're not going to believe in God anymore. I, was I don't like, know. I, oh. I just feel like she provides a contrast to Lindsay who's so lost. And I think that's her role, is to provide that contrast. And again, uh, kids in their in their teenage years are often very sure of of things like this at that age. Absolutely. They get a little bit, yeah, get see, a little bit older, the and they start seeing things that are a little more gray. That's the thing, though, where Millie was driving me nuts because she was reminding me so much of people I know. Yeah, like, and it happens. people my age who are exactly like her and just so annoying. That you like, can't stand, yeah. And you, you have like to remember. Who, Go ahead. It's it's people like her, her who are the only people in school who give me any crap about being gay. It's it's that type of person just frustrates me to no end. Yeah, and hopefully those people figure life out. But you have to remember that Millie grew up with Lindsay, a different Lindsay, mm-hmm. that believed in God, and they were totally on the same page until just this year. And she's, I don't think Lindsay's talked to her much about it. Yeah, and, and when people are raised in a very, very, um, in a bubble, kind of, of, you know, I see that a lot with the kids in my school because a lot of them are from extremely religious um, cultures. And when I told them that there were other religions in the world other than their own, they are flabbergasted. Mm-hmm. They truly had no idea. And and so, you know, it it can take a little while, but I understand what you're saying, Katrin. And this is also a little bit like the uh, the geek story because we have the, the, the two friends who are maybe separating. Mm-hmm. You know, so so it kind of there's a parallel mm-hmm. to our Bill yeah. story. Yeah. And they had an actually, you know, after, at the end, towards the end, they had a fairly honest conversation about it. Yeah. That, you about. know, we're, we are friends, but we're really not friends, are we? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought I'll that was that. pretty good. 
But I mean, that led into her, I feel sorry for your comment. So that kind of ruined it for me. Well, but... I mean, I'm sure it was also what, when, when she said that to Millie, I'm sure Millie, she looked hurt and I, you know, I mean, she was being honest, but. I agree. You think she kind of lashed out a little bit? It just feels like a real comment to me, though, when when Millie says that. I I think, yeah, it was real. Yeah. I'm sorry, Harold. Yeah, no, I I hate to admit it, but I probably had similar feelings about friends that were going a different path when I was a teenager. And uh, so it feels real to me. You know what? Sorry. I was the same way Uh, when I was in high school. Up until I was in college, I was anti-cigarette, anti-drugs, anti-drinking, all that stuff. And um, I was very aggressive about it. But I got to tell you, now I look back at that person and I kind of want to punch myself in the stomach for being that way because I was a jerk about it. You know what I mean? Like there's ways to have your own lifestyle and let other people have their own lifestyle without any judgment. And uh, I realized that over time, and I would never give people, you know, crap about their lifestyle unless I felt that it was truly hurting them in the long run. And and if that happens, I'm not going to make snarky, condescending comments to them. I'm going to try to have like a legitimate conversation where we rationalize why we feel that way. Now I understand it's a TV show; they don't have time to have that elongated, you know, deep soul conversation, but. It just felt like she was super uptight about it to the point where she would be completely 100% unwilling to hear a logical explanation as to why she may not be correct in any situation. And that's what bothers me about her. It's well, that she, there's no learn. budging room. And Millie is living and learning. And I know a lot of people that have is had she, to live and learn. Has, and she, you, it has she learned at all? Is she any different in this episode than she was in the first episode? She could have turned Lindsay I away. Think so. A little. She could have turned Lindsay away. She could have said, hey, you're stoned. Get out of my house. Yeah, but that's part of... See, but that to me is part of her... That is the morally superior thing that she has going on. She would never turn her away because she wants to be able to prove that she's better. The bad person would turn her friend away. The good, morally superior person would always be there for her, regardless of how she feels. But she's going to let her know how she feels the whole time. Well, she's the one who says, I hope we're still friends tomorrow. She doesn't. She didn't she's say, I hope con- that. She said, I, I feel sorry for you because you're not going to want to be, and you're she, not going to. Well, she God. says, yeah, she says, you're not going to uh, still be friends with me tomorrow. I, I don't think. I hope so. You know. Yeah. My problem, you know what, when it really comes down to it, my problem is that I agree that I think she wants to be friends with Lindsay. I think that she cares about their friendship more than Lindsay does, in fact. Oh, yeah. Um, But she would never budge. She would never meet Lindsay in the middle. If Lindsay's doing something she doesn't like, she's going to tell her about it over and over and over and over again. She's not going to ever let Lindsay have her time to grow and develop as a human being while she's there. Rich, didn't you just say you were like that? I, I was like that, but I needed to change. I mean, well, we're talking Millie about a whole life later. You know, Millie, like I had to... Millie is living and learning, and she's probably... Some people don't ever learn, I will agree. There are some adults like Millie still. But 
she needs a just I don't I'm I don't know. I'm a very tolerant person. I understand that people yeah, don't all get it. Yep. As as a tolerant person, I would assume that you would feel like she needs to be more tolerant. I do, but I'm tolerant towards her too. I'm tolerant See, I, towards I Lindsay pro- I, and I, her. I have trouble with that. I mean, if I'm tolerant of everybody, you know, everybody to me, you live your life. You know what I mean? And if you're going down a bad route, you got friends that will try to support you and try to help you, but they can't tell you what to do. So when I look at this, I look at her as a bully almost. I kind of no. feel like she's a bully. I don't see that. Mm-mm. I mean, you can understand here she is. She has her friend who used to believe in God, and and she and Millie has a strong belief. Lindsay doesn't have that anymore. Lindsay used to be a mathlete. Now she's not. Now she's uh, using marijuana when she has a babysitting job, and she's disappointed in the choices that her friend has made. But at the same time, she's still helping her with the babysitting. She's still sitting with her afterwards. They're listening to Mac Davis. Or she fixes her a bowl of cereal. And uh, she, she, I don't see her cutting Lindsay off. Uh, you know, she's just expressing her feelings. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, let's agree to disagree. <laughs> okay. And I would just say I would like you to meet, before you make total judgments, you need to meet her at, I don't know, 20 and see where she yeah. is. Because we've seen that Millie's not a complete you know, caricature. She has a, like that boyfriend that we met earlier. That's right. See, but I, I kind of feel, I, I gotta, I gotta say, like, I'm, I'm starting to feel a little defensive here because I feel like you guys are being intolerant of my intolerance for her <laughs> while you're being tolerant for her intolerance for everyone else. Oh, so that's a dream of a dog. To me. <laughs> yeah, this is, this me is, out. It's, it's, let's, can we just agree that we all live in a dog's dream? <laughs> There's a difference between disagreement and intolerance. Well, no, I mean, yeah, there sure is. I'm not saying that there's not. I'm just saying that I feel like she's being intolerant. I dislike her. You're saying I need to give her a chance. I need to wait longer. I would need to meet her in, you know, three years and see how she feels. But I kind of feel like she's not giving the same... Uh, respect to Lindsay in this situation where she's not saying, okay, I'm going to let her grow on her own. Like you're saying, I need to let her grow. I need to let Millie grow and then see where she is. But Millie is not giving Lindsay that same respect. Millie is two years old. I mean, you and I, I want to hear what Katrin has to say here. I just, I don't think it's fair to say, well, you can't judge this character until you see them when they're 20. I also agree with that. This is the character that we're getting. Is a rather intolerant person who I don't like, and yeah, I know with Rich here. I find the biggest just, interest. I'm frustrated I find by her because she, she reminds me of very real people like that I know, and I feel like it's realistic to be by someone who probably will change, but it's not unfair to be in them before they do. Well, my biggest argument here is that Rich just admitted that he was like that before, and then he figured things out. I don't know. Well, people change, but but, but what Katrin's saying is, I I said I admitted that I did not like my. I look back at myself then, and I think that I was a jerk. 
Exactly. That's why I'm just saying, why so, don't you see So why can't I look back at her now and think that she's a jerk? You can. You okay. can. Yeah. Absolutely. I, and I I'm don't just think saying that's kind of my that she hasn't learned yet. So I don't, I don't think there's a problem with you not liking her, either either Katrin or Rich. I mean, you know, yeah, you don't like her. That that makes perfect sense. I think people are just saying that they um, they just don't have the same view of her. Um, I'm perfectly fine with other people not having the same view of yeah. her. I just, yeah. you know, that's why I said yeah. it. It's agree to disagree. Don't like her. I would, I mean, Harold, are you religious? No. Not at all? No. Interesting. I was expecting you to say yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean... I, I just I think that we're just viewing her in different ways. You know? I'm not saying that Millie is being a good person and that she doesn't deserve a punch in the stomach. I'm just saying that's ironic coming from someone that went that looks back at himself younger and maybe made the same types of things to people that she's doing right now. I would think that you would be like, yeah, I used Allow to be like for- that. You think I would allow for for her because I've been in the same place, but that's not that's not how I think about it. I think about it like I wish I wasn't like that, and somebody should have punched me in the stomach back then. You really think that would have changed anything? <laughs> you have to live. I don't think I would. No, no, I probably would have been even more of a jerk. I would have been like these freaking druggies <laughs> punching me in the stomach, like goddamn them, you know. But like, no, I I mean, I, I don't. But like Katrin was saying, this is the character that we're getting right now. This mm-hmm. is the only character that we're viewing. We're not going to get to see her when she's 20 years old. We didn't get to see her when she was 10 years old. This is all we have to work with. And this depiction of this character bothers me. I, I would just say that people change so dramatically at that age. And the one thing about Millie that we, we've seen in several episodes is that there's just a lot of aspects to her. You know, she 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 was happy that to have Lindsay come back into the math lead, even when it cost her her own spot. So she, mm-hmm. she's not dogmatic. She, I, I just don't see her as someone who, who uh, just lives a life of uh, ideology or, or, or her own version of religion. She, she, she is someone who is certainly capable of change, who's capable of seeing, uh, you know, different aspects of people and, and can consider things. And I, I can see her growing as a person. So, that's why I like her. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to say something similar to that as far as that, um, you know, I've known a lot of people that are are so dogmatic and so, you know, that they really just want to stick directly to whatever little piece of whatever, you know, information they think they have and their self-righteousness and stuff. Like Alan? (laughs) And um, Millie is self-righteous, but she, she also is, like, underneath the self-righteousness, she actually is generous. And, and, and most of the time she's trying to do the right thing. You know, you know and, and so I can 
I think that's what that's what I'm seeing in her that the self-righteousness is really really annoying and and it's just like oh just stop I think you just seem to be less cynical than I am because you seem to be able to see the good past the bad and while I can feel you where the good is coming from there's too much bad on top for me to get past it that's fair Mm -hmm. Aisha, you haven't uh, chimed in. (laughs) Have anything to say about this? This has been the most polarizing conversation we've ever had on this show. Yeah. Is Aisha even there? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Are you on mute, Aisha? Maybe she fell asleep. Aisha! (laughs) All right, well. I mean, that's all I got to say on the matter. She just signed off oh and she's back <laughs> okay i heard everything you guys said and i kept trying to chime in but you guys didn't hear me oh no, no all right well now you got your moment Take like honestly i just feel like millie's in an environment where she's not given much room to think on things on her own and that's why like how you guys said in one of the earlier episodes she just parrots back what she's been taught like her whole and like she has no reason why she um no reason why she thinks like it might be wrong. So I feel like until she like uh, cha- moves and moves out of this environment and like goes to college or something and like has a chance to finally think things through, maybe she'll probably like change after that. That was some wisdom right there. i was trying to bring up this um this one story i heard about like in the news like these two girls like when they were teenagers they were like huge major neo-nazis and like majorly racist and then they went to college and smoked pot and then they became all oh yes love and peace and harmony (laughs) and whatever so um pro pot (laughs) this is all come back to the marijuana (laughs) Millie needs to smoke pot, is what we've learned. <laughs> Lindsay was the wrong person to smoke pot. Sure. Hydroponic. <laughs> yeah, the hydroponics. Um, all right, I mean, that's that's what I got on that whole thing. I think, you know what, when it comes down to it, I think that there was a lot of judgment going down on this episode, and I think that there was a lot of reason for the judgment to take place um, in, in many different facets, not just the Millie-Lindsay thing. Um but I, I think that what Harold, I believe, said earlier, or, or maybe it was Carol, everybody's we, – we saw it from – no, it was Harold. We see it from both sides, from everybody's side. And you get to pick and choose, which is why I love this show so much. You get to pick and choose who you are going to relate to the most in each of these situations. They're not pushing anybody as terrible or anybody as great. They're yeah, saying, nothing here are your heavy. options. You Nothing's choose. heavy-handedly right or wrong. It's... True. <clears throat> True. Can, can we uh, talk about why Daniel decided to quit? Yeah. Sure. Like, what thoughts do you have? Well, I will say right off the bat that, I mean, good on him for trying to quit. Um, I didn't really see a reason why he wanted to do that. Was he, Did I miss something? Like, was he prompted to do so for some reason? I was saying the same thing. I I was like, great big question marks. What's up with Daniel and quitting weed? Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. Yeah. Um. I think it was. I think it was great, and I feel bad for him because you know, just he's the type of person who, even when he tries to do good, he's gonna get in trouble for it. 
which is exactly what happened here. You know, he was like, I'm making this decision, this life-altering decision to sober up. And he immediately gets caught trying to get rid of his bot. You know, and I kind of I kind of felt bad for him because, you know, shit, that happens to me all the time where I'm like, <laughs> I want to better my life. You know, I'm going to do something to better my life. I'm going to start exercising, you know, and then, like, I'll be driving to the gym and get pulled over for speeding. I'll be like, no, are you kidding me? I, I feel like with Daniel, there's maybe three possible things going on. That I'm, uh, I'm not sure. Uh one is that he's seeing what's going on with Nick, and he's, he seems kind of aggravated with uh, Nick bugging him for the marijuana and, and just how bad he's been uh, during that drought. Um, another one is that the way Lindsay doesn't approve of Nick and uh, his marijuana usage. I'm wondering if, if Daniel is trying to uh, appease Lindsay or look better in her eyes. And then the third thing I was thinking about is is that Daniel just strikes me as, as a, a kid who's constantly playing around with his identity and who he is. And is he a stoner? Is he something else? Um, but I'm just not sure what, what exactly it was. Uh, that's why I'm curious to hear what everyone else thinks. You know, you've got a really good point, Harold. Um, I had forgotten about how much um, Daniel was impressed by Lindsay back a few episodes ago. Um, oddly enough, that's the episode that I was hoping that Lindsay, once she showed some backbone towards the group, would be her turning point and, you know, she'd be, she'd ha keep that backbone. But you've got a really good point because Daniel did, did seem impressed by Lindsay and he did seem to take kind of take her more as a role model than you'd expect for him to and it might be uh, leftovers from that huh yeah, it's kind of interesting how Lindsay affects them and they affect her yeah hmm it's kind of a push pull <laughs> Yeah. She's she's getting uh, Daniel off, and Nick, for that matter, off marijuana while she's using it at the same time. <laughs> yeah, because Daniel does make that comment to Nick about about Lindsay. I don't remember what it is, and then Ken makes it you know takes it one step further and makes it into a joke. But it didn't seem like Daniel was necessarily really joking. Yeah. No, definitely not. So, yeah, so maybe it all does have to do with, with <laughs> him seeing things more through Lindsay's eyes than he did before. Hmm. That's a very good point. What do you guys think of Mr. Rosso's lesson? <laughs> Bringing uh, an actual adult burnout. Mm. I've known so many people like that. <laughs> I, I like that I brought in the uh, laser dome from last episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice uh, I think it would have been a lot more effective if Rosso didn't come out and say that was for your benefit. Like, they were clearly weirded out by this guy when he when right. they walked in. They were mm -hmm. already like, ugh, I don't want to be like that guy. But then he was like, this is for your benefit. And, you know, they're teenagers, so of course they're going to be like, oh, I'll screw you then. 
Honestly, I so thought Mr. Russo also took the pot so he can smoke it himself. <laughs> yeah, right? That is why he stole the pot. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem like much of a stretch. <laughs> nope. yeah. sure it did occur to me that uh, that might be how it ends up. But uh, but now the, the problem is if he didn't mention to them in some way or shape or form that this guy was, you know, this guy was what a pothead looks like in, you know, 10 years or whatever. Um, would they have just thought he was a weird guy? No, I don't think so. I think as a pothead, like somebody that is doing drugs and knows what someone that does drugs is like, they would have seen that guy and talked to that guy and been like, that guy is on drugs. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is that he wasn't necessarily on drugs. At that time. Well, maybe not at that moment, but... Right. And it's they just... had their toe. I think they... I would assume that they would have been able to tell. Just that that I... guy... That guy clearly smoked a lot of pot. I, I don't think there was any doubt about it. Well, yeah. yeah. But, but the thing is that what I found back in the, back in the days when I knew <laughs> a lot of people who smoked a lot of pot back in, back in the 60s and 70s, um, they, uh, it was, it was amazing how the people who were smoking a lot of pot were absolutely convinced that it was having no effect on them. And, you know, you'd see these, these guys who had been incredibly sharp and, you know, a couple of years later, they're like this guy, his name was Russo. You know, they're just, like, spaced out. And you know they're not high right then. They're just like that all the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and meanwhile, the other people look at it and say, look, oh, no, no, that's not, you know, that's not from smoking pot. Okay. <laughs> all right. Nowadays, they just show you videos of Ozzy Osbourne. They show you videos of what? Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> oh yeah, because cause smoking marijuana is his biggest problem. Right. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't do drugs anymore, but he's just so out of it. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think the out of it was from the pot. I think it was probably had more to do with the the crack and the heroin. Yeah. I'm not okay. saying the pot didn't have any effect. Yeah. You know, I mean, listen, I've you it's know, a, it's no it's secret that. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's no secret that I've smoked pot before. It's no secret that I used to do it consistently. Um, Mm -hmm. And I will fully admit that I, it had a negative long-term effect on my ability to do a lot of things. Now, that's not to say that this effect would last forever. Throughout the course of the last few years, I've been slowly been able to... uh, I don't know, get my cognitive abilities have come back slowly, you know, but, um, I was definitely much sharper when I was in high school than I am now at 29. And that has, I would say most, if not all to do with the amount that I smoked back in the day. So I think it's a definite negative, but that being said, I know other people that have smoked pot every single day of their lives, have not stopped doing it, are completely successful, and have no problems remembering where they are in the middle of a sentence. You know, like, (laughs) 
So it's very different for many other people. I will often just forget words, you know, like very easy, basic words. Well, hey, you and... can't blame that all on the pot. I've never smoked pot, and I'm not as sharp as I was, and I forget words. Me too. Well, okay, so maybe... I, you, I, you need a control. Well, uh, a very, uh, There's too many uh, variables. We need controls. You see, a very close friend of mine, when... Um, when he went away to college and started smoking, and he came back. Now, mathematical, very close to genius-level mathematician. Goes away to college, comes back. Everybody knew immediately that he was smoking way too much pot, just, just by how he looked. He was denying it and all this stuff. He finally stopped when he realized that he was having a difficult time making basic calculations doing basic arithmetic and that's when he just said okay i'm stopping and you know he he got his, his wow. he got his stuff back again but it it definitely took a major toll on him at the time but he i mean he didn't do it for that long and he got he got his faculties back you know in fairly short order, though, uh, I'm not sure that he's ever been quite the same. Maybe that's what happened to Daniel. Yeah. Well, maybe that's maybe Daniel. That's why he was stopping. Maybe he's thought about all this stuff. I mean, I don't know. I think it's interesting. Nick clearly has no urge to stop whatsoever if it wasn't for Lindsay. You know, I don't even know about... Um, God, I forget his name every single time. Seth Rogen. Ken. What's his name? Ken. Ken. Yeah, was he stopping too? He was quitting also? No. No. no he was trying to get was giving it to him. Yeah, he was trying to get Daniel's stash. Well, I remember. No, I mean by the end of the episode. After they took it away and they talked to Rosso. No. There was no he resolution. Didn't. They don't, didn't go back to those two after that, did they? No. no. Yeah, they were all. There was, a, there was a scene where they were all sitting on a couch talking about what the hell do people do when they're not high? Oh, right. Right, right, right. So I'm pretty sure none of them were high at that point. Yeah, um, I don't think they learned a lesson, if you ask me. Well, yeah, that, no. I think that was the last time we saw them. I think that's that's it. <laughs> they were like, uh, I guess we're supposed to like bond or something. And then like uh, they kind of bonded for a second. And then Ken smiled. And then we didn't see them again. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be calling Garfunkel again. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. absolutely. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't think they. They, I, th I think Daniel. From the beginning, Daniel always struck me as somebody who was a lot, um, had a lot better mind than he thought he did, and better mind than he was actually using in some ways, except to get out of stuff. So it seems like Daniel is thinking a lot about more about this stuff than the other two. Cause he's just inherently more intelligent. I think he's a bright guy. I think just his people, enough people have told him through his life that he's stupid that, and it's been easier to just go along with what they say and use his brains to, to get out of stuff and manipulate people and, and he should be that. a lawyer. 
but he's clearly the one of the group who's constantly you can see him thinking mm-hmm. things out, whereas yeah. you you don't really get that sense from from the other two. Mm-mm. Yeah. He should be a politician then. Yeah, if he applied himself, I mean, I think Daniel could could do something with his life. Um, the others could too, but you know, different different kind of different kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. I think Daniel is just. I, I think if they did an IQ test, he'd probably do much better than the others. Yeah. The right kind of IQ test. Anyway. Yes, the one that if there was a real IQ test that actually judged your intelligence. Yep, as opposed to knowledge. Yes. All right. So, is there anything else we want to say, guys? Because we're encroaching. We'll wrap it up. Um, All right. Let's do the feedback then. Oh, oh, here's something real quick. Um, this is going back. I just saw it in one of my notes going back to um, Mama, the bill thing. I thought it was interesting when um, Neil and uh, Sam, Sam, right, yeah. were um, sitting on the bench outside Bill's room, and they were joking about having Ghost Bill, and then they looked over and saw Bill's mom crying and saying she was worried, and it was like having their childhood meet reality. Yeah. You know, and it was, we've talked before about how some, a lot of these stories are kind of about little bits of their childhood getting ripped away mm-hmm. and their, their child, their childlike view of the world being ripped away and having to face the reality of the world. And I felt like that was one more little moment when that happened again. Well said. They really had to face losing losing someone important in their lives. What that would mean. Yeah, Neil's had a crappy couple of weeks, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Vicky put her arm around him, so. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, for Neil the character, that was probably the best thing that has ever happened to him. <laughs> it's very likely. Very likely. All right, let's do feedback. Okay. Uh, do we have any emails, Emil? Yeah, we do. Okay. I'm trying to pull we it up some, on my phone. We got some big Facebook comments in here, too. I got them up. You want me to just start here? Ugh, I can't pull it up on my phone. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to read... Uh, it is no longer nutty. It is Nanucci. It still is nutty. Facebook's not letting her be nutty. Right, because of the whole that's not really a name thing. Because peanuts aren't allowed anymore. Right. <laughs> so well, you can still call her nutty. She's just trying to appease the stupid Facebook rules. All right, mm-hmm. nutty. Here is what she has to say about this. Man, Bill has serious game. Sure, this episode is about him being made to feel like a geek, and he is, but that's great. But he is macking on the teacher and gets all sorts of special attention from her. He is able to have that conversation with Alan in the hospital where he can confront him for being aggressive towards them because he thinks they're cool. And he tries to include Alan, which is awesome. Bill is so sure of himself, he's better off than most of the cast. Plus, that's an awesome doctor 
who cosplay. True story. Um, Bill's mom is Ivanova. Did I say that right, Carol? Of Ivanova. Ivanova from yeah. Babylon 5, which is just fitting, and she's awesome. The scene between Bill's mom and Sam's mom is great. Bill's mom is freaking out, and Sam's mom tells a story of where she drops Sam to make her feel better. It's so great. Plus, I think this is the first time we see that Bill comes from a single-parent household, and that his mom isn't like the other moms at all. Plus, how do all the boys not have crushes on her? Lindsay falls to peer pressure, and I get it. Okay, so she agrees with you, Carol. Um, she wanted to know what the big deal was, but she experienced pot in the way one would expect from someone who's so high strung. She freaked out. I can't speak from experience, but it seems to me that smoking weed has different results in people, but results that often match their personalities. Interesting. It is true. I am very lazy, and when I smoked pot, I was the laziest man in the world. <laughs> Um, if you're not worried by nature, you can, if you're not worried by nature, you can mellow out with it and have fun. Nick has all these consequences waiting for him, but he's not really stressed out about it, so he can just enjoy. Lindsay worries about everything. She's hanging with the freaks because she doesn't want to worry, but she does. She pretends nothing matters, but it's still high strung inside. I like how Daniel wants to go clean. More of that Lindsay rubbing off on him. This episode makes me love Millie. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you know what? I think that's where we're going to call it a night. What? Uh (laughs) I want to hear this. (laughs) I love her. uh, I love her. (laughs) Sorry. You have to have those words come out of your mouth? No, it's okay. Okay. (laughs) I love her line before the credits, but how she takes care of Lindsay is great. She really cares for her and worries for her. She believes that it's Lindsay's lack of faith that's ruining her life, and you can kind of see her point. Life can be easier if you think you're loved, as Millie believes she is loved by God. I love how she deals with Lindsay's freakout about the dog dream. She's all serious acting at first, but is just laughing and giggling as she wakes up the dog. She knew what she was doing, and it was great. I feel so much for Millie when Lindsay says that they aren't friends, and Millie says that they are. Millie is still Lindsay's friend, but Lindsay isn't still Millie's friend. It's so sad. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Well done, Nutty. Well done. And we really didn't talk too much about how uh, uh, Bill uh, reacted to uh, Alan, that last scene. Carol mentioned it briefly in her comments at the beginning. But that, I thought that was a great moment. When he shows up then? Well, when, when Bill invites him to the sci-fi convention. You know, he, oh, yeah, that was great. I think you see throughout this episode that Bill is um, a very genuine and decent person. Maybe the most of all of them. He really is. And he's shown that in other episodes, but he he really does. And and the fact that it takes so much work for Bill to get through all of that stuff of Alan's, you know, where he's like, yes, you do. You, I heard you. Yes, you yeah. do. Yeah, he's almost like teasing him about it. Yeah. It's like, I'm not giving up on this. Um, all right, we got one from Dave Moresca. I would contribute, but Miss Nutty just knocked it out of the park. One of the most amazing things about Freaks and Geeks was how much they have would have happened in each episode, which is definitely helped by the fact that the show ran in a one-hour time slot. Always lots of opportunities to have each character develop a bit while focusing on the couple on a couple for the main arc. The teacher that Bill is macking on is played by the future Miss Apatow. 
Wesley Mann. She's a regular in the Apto universe, appearing in 40-Year-Old Virgin as the DUI date that Andy meets on the first trip to the club with the guys, and opposite Paul Rudd in both Knocked Up and So This Is 40. I love Alan. I love the Alan Bill moment in the hospital. For the first time in the show, Alan is humanized. At least for the first time, I feel like I can identify with hum- his humanity, humility. Turning point moments can often be very cliche, but the apology from Alan when he thinks Bill is unconscious is very touching and hopeful for the future of his relationship with the geeks. Love that we see here he's got a bit of geek in him as well. He absolutely lights up when they invite him to the convention, and he name drops George Takai with the same sense of reverence the rest of the geeks do. Interesting evolution for his character and a testament to the quality of the show. That's all for the Facebook. Was anybody able to get up the uh, Gmail? Oh. <laughs> no? No, yeah, no I, I've been trying. I'm really struggling here. right now. I okay, can't... I got it, I got it. Okay. You got it? Okay. We have one from Heidi. Oh, great. Yay. Um, she says, hey guys, it's been a while, but I finally caught up and wanted to send in some feedback for when you next record. I love that they show Sam having to change the channel on the TV. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Sam the human remote. <laughs> I oh, love yeah. the human remote because that was such a thing back in the day. Yeah. Make your kid be the human remote. Um, also, everyone watches Charlie's Angels for Bosley. <laughs> <laughs> no one. No one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think Daniel's chances of staying sharp are out the window already. I can't tell when he's high and when he's not. I guess it's nice that he wants to stop being all high, being high all the time. I have been disappointed in Lindsay for a few episodes now, and this was no exception. I didn't take much for her. Oh, it didn't take much for her to go from I don't smoke pot to okay, I'll try to see what it's like. Um... I'm also disappointed in Bill for backing out of the sci-fi convention. I'm glad that geeks have inherited the earth so I can enjoy my comic cons in peace. <laughs> yeah, things have changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, I can't believe these guys put peanuts in Bill's sandwich. I knew he was going to end up at the hospital and his mother is Ivanova. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> From Babylon 5. <laughs> um, oh no, Lindsay is going to get super high. I can't watch. Sorry, writing this email while watching and the awfulness to come is just too much. Uh, I, too, enjoy... It's kind of like live tweeting and email. (laughs) Just thoughts as they happen. Lindsay's (laughs) philosophical discussion with Millie while she's high is hilarious. Our lives are only a dog's dream. Yeah, we didn't... I don't think we gave that the proper hilarity it deserved. (laughs) And her... She's so paranoid that she's gonna... um, Wake the dog up, and they're all gonna go away. Yeah, she's legitimately terrified. <laughs> she, <is>. <laughs> <laughs> she almost convinced me. <laughs> uh, uh, so this glad. is so spoiler-ridden, though. Like now they know that the last episode, the dog wakes up. <laughs> <laughs> is that why they were canceled? It would have changed the whole uh, thrust of the show if the dog had woken up and they both disappeared. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. <laughs> it would have ended up becoming a show, show about a, a talking dog. Well, it, it would have definitely been entering the sci-fi fantasy genre at that point, and then 
apparently Emily would have stopped watching. (laughs) (laughs) They they could have um, done that since they got canceled and they had nothing to lose and they had no other seasons. They could have ended the show that way. Didn't Just Felicity the final do shot. that? I don't know. I didn't um, watch that show either, but I heard like in the last episode, like the main character actually traveled back in time. It was weird. Oh. Felicity. I've never heard of it. There's been several shows that end with a it was all a dream. <laughs> yeah, I actually watched a top ten list of oh. things like that. The Bob Newhart show, for yeah, example. Yeah, that was one. The entire thing was a dream. Bob, Bob Newhart show, one that was done so beautifully. Well, yeah, it was done as a dream from, wait, the Bob New, the first Bob Newhart. It's just called Newhart, right? Because he woke original, up with his wife. Yeah, yeah the original show was the uh, Bob Newhart show, and then they did that finale for Newhart. Newhart yeah. was the one, right. okay. Right. Yeah, Newhart was a dream from Bob Newhart show, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that so was weird brilliant. and awesome. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you do it, right? Yeah. That was. And they did that one totally in secret. <laughs> they they had her come in and, and uh, they had her totally under wraps. So they actually filmed it. All right. Back to Heidi's email. <laughs> Sorry, Heidi. <Yes. laughs> okay. I'm so glad. Bill heard Alan's real apology. That second apology was really bad. It was nice of Bill to invite him to the convention. Too bad he didn't go. He would have had fun. Like I said earlier, I'm glad that comic and sci-fi conventions have become more mainstream. I still get some funny looks Mm -hmm. when I talk about going and dressing up, but not as many. Me too. (laughs) I'm sad for Millie because she genuinely is Lindsay's friend, and Lindsay only uses her when she needs to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, her favorite quote is, dog crap is there, and we don't smoke that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was a good one. Until next yeah. time, Heidi. She's a newbie watching along, if oh, you guys okay. have not remembered. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, shoot, I just ended it, and I'm not positive I got everybody. Okay, I got it back. Um, yep, the other ones are for later episodes. Okay, well then let's move on to rating. Let's start with the uh, the guest, Mr. Harold. Well, um, this is another excellent episode. There really aren't any bad episodes of Freaks and Geeks, I don't think. And uh, this is one of the stronger ones. I, I, I give it an A-. minus. Solid. Katrin? Uh, um, well, I don't know. I really liked Bill's storyline that was an a for me but the other stuff brings it down so i'm gonna give it a b but is it only because you can relate to it not really i just didn't really enjoy watching the other plotline all that much Mm -hmm. it was just i don't know it wasn't enjoyable to me okay aisha um i'll give it a b plus Uh, i like the things that happened in this episode i just i i didn't love it I guess. I don't know. Alright. Um, Carol. Um, I think I'm going to go with a B. Um, it, I think it did cover a lot and, mm-hmm. and it really, it did give us a lot of information. Um, 
but I didn't find myself necessarily enjoying it. Um, I, I appreciated it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I, it's like one of those things where it was more an intellectual, like, oh, okay, this is, you know, well done and stuff than, than actually enjoying it. And I think that's partially the subject matter and the fact that Lindsay was really annoying me. Um, and stuff. So I'm going to go with a solid B. Alright. M? Um, I've been waffling between B plus and A minus. I think I'm going to go with A minus. I really, really enjoyed Alan's arc in this. And one of my favorite beats of the show, honestly, when I look back at the show, I love Alan riding his bike to <laughs> join him in the convention. <laughs> look at him. Kind of in their nerdy outfits and being like, oh, I can't do it, and <laughs> driving away. I love it. Mm-hmm. I think that was hilarious. Yeah. That's always awkward. <laughs> the ride to the convention in a full costume. Yeah. I guess I found that sad, so that, that was one of the... I found a lot of this sad. Very sad. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't look at it as heavy, I guess. Yeah, me neither. Um... This was the most I've enjoyed of Freaks and Geeks episode on this watch. I'm going to give it an A. Now, <clears throat> as much as I talked a lot of crap about Millie and <laughs> Al- and Alan, for that matter, also, um, you would know if you were involved if anybody was reading our conversation on Facebook yesterday about Sherlock versus Elementary. I made a specific point to say that I love characters that are super flawed and that you can hate and um i think that was on the facebook messenger so yeah okay oh i thought we were on uh the actual thing all right so anyway you guys can't read that forget about it you're not cool enough but (laughs) no what we what we were talking about was the difference between sherlock and elementary which we're not going to get into right now we are not no but um my point was just, I was saying that I, I really like really flawed characters. Like the more flawed, the better for me. And uh, I don't necessarily need to, to root for the people that I'm watching. Um, I think that it makes for interesting um, interactions between the, between each character. And I loved seeing Alan interact with Bill. I loved seeing uh, the parents get involved. I, I loved, and I, you know, as I said before, I can, I can very much relate to the whole, marijuana smoking situation that was going on for 75% of the episode. I loved everything about this episode. And, you know, a lot of the time when you guys think that things are really awkward, I, I don't know. I didn't really feel awkward at all watching this episode. I mean, maybe when uh, Lindsay was talking to the babies, the, the, when she was talking to the parents of the kid she was babysitting, it felt a little awkward there because she clearly looked super stoned. Like, I don't know how they wouldn't have noticed that. I would have been like, you look like you're on heroin. You need to go home right now. <laughs> but uh, I love it. Yeah, and A, one of my favorite episodes of the series. I have a fun fact: the child that they babysit um, voices Nemo in Finding Nemo. Huh. Oh wow, that's crazy. Wait a minute, is that the? I thought that was the kid from Weeds that was in Nemo. Maybe it's the same kid. I think Maybe. It's the same kid. Oh my god, is that the same kid? He's so much younger. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. That is him. Oh my god. Wow. I, I looked at him and I was like, he looks familiar, but he was so little. 
you know, that's no idea. Yeah, that's that's same person. No, none of you have ever watched Weeds. No. Oh. No, I started to once. I didn't. Well, if you wanted to watch, if you wanted to watch this episode for six seasons, then there you go. <laughs> yeah, it didn't, um, weeds didn't do much for me from the little, the few episodes I saw of it. It was okay. The it was premise, one of those shows that I watched because I ran out of other things to watch. Yeah, the premise just doesn't grab me. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't do much for me either. Um. All right, let's do some quotes and get out of here. Who wants to go first? <laughs> I'm going to start calling on you guys if you don't volunteer. Just give me some space, man, okay? What am I doing here, Millie? I don't like this place. It's, it's freaking me out. Oh, my God. Let me say, the best part about that quote was when she was saying that the place was freaking her out, and then she looked to her left and saw a picture of flowers and, like, hesitated. Like, like what is that? Who has a picture of flowers? <laughs> you can tell that that's what she was thinking. It's pretty yeah. good stoned acting. I enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, dude. I mean, Nick and Daniel are masters at it, though. You know, even if Daniel was able to, like, just stop smoking forever, the fact of the matter is James Franco was still smoking in real life, so <laughs> you weren't going to notice the difference. Right. He needs to stop. All right. So what else, got? All right. Uh, I have a bit. Mill, you're high, Lindsay. How could you tell, Millie? I know what high people look like. I went to a Seals and Crofts concert last summer. <laughs> uh, I have more of a chance with Miss Foot than you have with Vicky, and I don't have a chance at all. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. I've got the smell of bacon in my nose, but that always happens when I pass out. <laughs> <laughs> How dumb um, do I look? Do you really want to know? <laughs> Damn it, that was mine! Aww. No! That was good. so good. I was, and looking at Rosso while that's happening is the best part. Because God, <laughs> guy looks dumb. Um, do you have another one then? Yeah. Oh, and please don't let him ride the dog. <laughs> You know, that could be set at my house, but that dog was small. <laughs> <laughs> I would just never think to say that to, to my babysitter. <laughs> like, don't let my kid ride the dog. Do you know how many people have told us that we need a saddle for our dog? <laughs> <laughs> how big is your dog? She's a Great Dane. Oh, gotcha. Oh. So she's oh, large. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's in the name. She's big, yes. Anybody um, else got any more? You know why this is so good? Because it's made by food scientists. (laughs) (laughs) And what was she eating, like, Fruit Loops? Fruit Loops. (laughs) (laughs) I feel there comes a point in a young man's life when he should start testing the waters. Lindsay, what about me testing the waters? You can test the waters, too, after you get married. Classic double standard for the daughters. (laughs) I believe that's exactly the words I wrote in my notes. (laughs) Classic double standard. You're on the pot. Fine, I'll go with you, but only for the safety of the child. (laughs) Yeah, you're on the pot. Love it. See, I mean, I think Millie's hilarious, to tell you the truth. Like, she says some things that are so funny. You know? 
I just wouldn't want to be her friend. The actress was in the commentary, and she said she really didn't know what pot was. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, how old are they supposed to be? 17? More like, yeah, maybe 16, 17. Yeah, I think 16, 17, somewhere there. I, didn't I, know I read somewhere was. that she was she was much younger than uh, Lindsay, the actress who played uh, Lindsay. But so they were worried about giving her the the role because of her youth. But you know, Lindsay looks so young, so they they fit together. Mm. I mean, I love her in uh, Buffy. I think she's awesome. Mm-hmm. The actress was born in 1984. That's oh, a year before me. So she's 30 now. So then she would have been 16? 15, 16, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 2000. Yeah. I have another quote. Go okay. for it. You used to wish you had a pillow stuffed with his hair because it was so fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> we need a picture of this guy because I actually don't know who it is. I was, I was wondering yeah. if anyone... I don't have a visual of this one, no. I, I remember he had a, a TV show that was probably on syndication. It was like a variety show. This had to be uh, late 70s, early 80s. And uh, the only th- song I can remember is that he would do a cover of the Beatles, Oh Bloody, Oh Bloody. Oh, Who are we talking about, Mac Davis? Yeah. I'll get a picture up on our... Oh, yeah, Mac Davis. Um, he had a, He had quite a few hits. I was wondering. How I recognize the song they were playing. I just yeah, don't. I, I don't know him look wise. But uh, I'm picturing a pretty good fro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Blonde. Mm. Blonde fro. Um, he was like kind of a country crossover. Um, well, the pictures show more darker than I remember, but I seem to remember him as being a blonde. But it looks like he was he had darker hair. Um, it was kind of a country crossover. Um, like Shania Twain. Please Taylor don't. <laughs> Wayne Newton, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was he does have to, some fluffy hair. Yeah, he has very fluffy hair. Uh, everybody had a lot of hair in 1980. <laughs> but. Uh, does anyone know what, uh, speaking of music, anyone know what, uh, what song that was that was playing during uh, that scene where Lindsay's looking at the encyclopedia? Oh, that was uh, that was from Reservoir Dogs, uh, Little Green Bag. Okay. Hey, I, fairly, I know a lot of psychedelic music, but I just did not recognize that one. Have you not seen Reservoir Dogs? I have. I don't remember that oh, song. It's what scene is very it class. It's the one where they're walking down the street, like the very beginning. It's the... It's it's the one I think of when I think of Reservoir Dogs, you what know, besides the, the Steelers. Will yeah, yeah. A little did, little green sack, I think. Because I don't even remember it. I think I was too concentrated on, um, little green bag maybe. Um, I think it's sack, but it could be bag. It came. It was up a really good choice. I I really like that piece in the uh, yeah, the guitar solo. Although it's just it's all Reservoir Dogs. But. Well, not for me. <laughs> I don't remember I that. That's funny. Yeah, I I very rarely remember songs from movies. Um, I get too involved with like the overall thing, and the the music just kind of blends in, unless it's 
Tarantinos are different often. Yeah. I mean, there's some Tarantino stuff, like, especially in Pulp Fiction and all, but Reservoir Dogs, also, I've only watched Reservoir Dogs one time. It was just, it was a little too unfortunate for my taste. <laughs> I didn't want to watch it again. I just saw that movie for the first time a few months ago. Ooh, did you oh. like it? Um, yeah. It made mine I mean, and my sister's top ten movies. <laughs> I, I need to see it again while sober. It was like three o'clock in the morning oh. and it was my birthday. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, uh, it, it's a very intense movie. Oh, sure. I did notice that. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to watch and I got bored in the first two minutes. You can't get bored in two minutes. <laughs> that's right. I no, just that just about tipping. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not the most interesting when they're just like sitting in the diner. Oh, talking. the diner scene that's is awesome. I love it. Any time where they're talking, a Tarantino scene. Uh, uh, those are the best parts of his movies. The chit chat. Yeah, the dialogue. Yeah. Um, but wait, the Mac Davis thing, did everybody notice it was an 8-track that they put into the thing for the Mac Davis music? Oh, it was? I just figured yeah. it was a record. It was a no, it's an 8-track. I, I had an 8-track still in 1980, so. Yeah, sure. Yeah, they're still around. I actually know some people who still have 8-tracks, but, um, but they're, like, into... They've got like every kind of uh, Hipster. electronic device from the last 50 years, you know, sort of. They're collectors. Hipsters. Uh, no, this guy's definitely not a hipster. <laughs> Can somebody explain to me what an A track is? I'm sorry, I wish I It's bigger than a tape, but it kind of has the same. It, it, vibe was, to a, it. it was a fairly big sized um, type of cassette tape. That you would pop in, and um, it, one thing it had is you could jump. There, there were like basically four quarters of the tape, so you you could like every 15 minutes or so you could hit a button and it would pop 15 minutes ahead. Um, Interesting. But, That's like what thing, DVDs ended up doing. Kind of. Yeah, but the thing is, with the eight tracks, as I recall, is that a they they often got eaten up by the by the uh, player. Uh, the tape would get stuck or whatever. And also, the sound would eventually just wear down or drop out. It, it was not not very good fidelity compared to a cassette tape. Well, cassette tapes you could were a lot more flexible. Uh, you couldn't record on an eight track. Uh, an eight track was no, like, that's not true because I really my, my introduction. Yeah, the introduction for me for eight tracks was I had a uh, a, uh, a neighbor who lent me his eight track player and he had recorded. Um, all of his Beatles records on eight tracks and wow. gave them to me. And that was my kind of introduction to, I uh, was, you know, probably about 10 or 11 to, to, uh, music. And he gave me all, all of his eight tracks when he switched over to cassette. Hmm. Um, the eight track also had a, an interesting little thing that it, um, it was on a loop. So if you yeah. put an eight track in, it would play through and then it would just start over again and it would just keep playing. Which nothing else really did that unless you had a special, 
you know, something special to make a, a record, you know, go back to the beginning, which there were things that would do that, you know, but, uh, yeah. So that was another, my mom used, we had this one friend who, again, when he'd been smoking a lot of pot, he would, uh, my mom's comment was, oh, you know, his eight track is playing again because mm-hmm. he would, he would tell the same store group of stories and they'd start all over again at the beginning and tell the same group of stories and they'd go back mm-hmm. and start over again. <laughs> well, one other time thing, uh, I thought about when you're talking about the, uh, how they're dressed up to go to the convention. The only comic book convention that I ever went to was, I think, in 1979. And, uh, I don't recall anyone dressed up in any costume. I looked that up too. It's not a comic book convention they're going to. It's a sci-fi. It's a comic and sci-fi one that they're going to. No, they said sci-fi. They never said comic. They okay. always sci-fi. I was I was noticing that particularly because I had the same question. I literally put it at the end here where it's I have were people dressing up for sci-fi conventions in 1980? Had they transitioned from books to movies and TV at that point? And so I went on the internet to answer my own question. And there was a, because I know that the sci-fi conventions that I knew from my, my family that was, my brother was big, big science fiction fan, were based on, um, books and magazines and stuff, um, originally. And it was not, science fiction was not a, movie television medium at all but i found on the internet a set of pictures from a 1980s sci-fi convention where people were dressed up and stuff Hmm. so there was a transition being made probably after because the star trek convention started in the early 70s late 60s early 70s and then Star Wars came out in the late 70s. And so that probably, it was probably that that transitioned them to what they are now. I have to go. Yeah, me we too. we got to wrap up. Me All right. Me Let's too. do this. So what's on the slate for next time, Em? Dead dogs and gym teachers. Hmm. Dead mad dogs, dogs and gym teachers. Gym teachers? Like mad dogs and Englishmen go out in the <clears throat> Dead, dead, dogs. dead dogs. Dead dogs. And Jim Ho- Hopefully they weren't dreaming. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> huh. okay. Um, don't remember this episode at all. No idea what's going to happen. That Can't is wait. very interesting to me. Well, you saying that? <laughs> all right, I, I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit. I remember half of it. I'm, I'm just I excited for you to watch it. That that may explain some things. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I uh, I'm going to put up um, as you may have seen on our webs on our Facebook page. I had been asking people for suggestions about Star Trek episodes that you guys, you know, five Star Trek episodes. I'm going to put up a list of five Star Trek episodes for you guys that uh, should give you an idea of the the show. They aren't you know, there are a variety of ep- kinds of episodes. So I, I'm going to put that up, and I hope you take advantage of it and, and watch them sometime. 
Okay, I'm going to mute and take off. You, <laughs> my husband's texting me from the next room. So, All right. So you guys finish see you later, up, em. and I'll see you later. All right, guys. Well, I mean, I think we should all go now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's yeah, been a very long time. Okay, than... so. Bye. What, well, hold on. Hang on one second. You guys can write to us at oh, yeah. McKinleyCast at gmail.com. And also, we have um, a Facebook page, McKinleyCast, a Freaks and Geeks introcast. Um, Harold, our esteemed colleague here. Where can people find you? I'm on uh, Twitter and Facebook and all the usual places, so you can look for me there. Any podcasts or anything? Uh, I was just on a Hooplecast uh, today with Carol, so you can look for that uh, on iTunes and everywhere else. And I was also on uh, Clone Dance Party uh, last week to discuss uh, Orphan Black, uh, Season 2, Episode 4. Excellent. Okay, awesome, guys. Um, oh, um, follow yeah. us on Twitter at McKinley Podcast. I was literally just about to say that. The Twitter is being um, revived. By I Kate predicted Trump. at least one tweet in the next two weeks. <laughs> I trust Katrin for more best. than that. Katrin, you are, you are a child of, of the world. You are I don't you're know what 17 I... years old, right? 18 years old? 18. Older? I'm 18. Yep. You're, you're 17 and 18 years old? I am 18 years old. 18 years old. So you're, like, right in the, like, you must be all about social media, right? Not really, actually, but I, right. I can Twitter. When we started uh, You can Twitter? All right. I, I can Twitter. I don't really know what I would tweet other than, hey, we're recording, send us feedback, which we don't do often, so I don't know if I can guarantee I'd tweet You're also often. a newbie, so it's not like you could find stuff about the show and be like, right. <laughs> guys like this. All right. Tweet- we just recorded, and so something will be coming out soon, I think. Listen, yeah, you're just an interesting person, Katrin. I'm sure that you'll figure something out. Yeah. 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 All right, guys. Well, that is it. Thank you for coming on, Harold. We love having Thank you Thank you for here. having me. Always. I, I love forever. Freaks and Geeks, so it was, it was fun to talk about. Excellent. All right, guys. See you next time. Okay, bye. Bye.
<laughs> so right. I want one hour longer than uh, it was supposed to. Yeah. Huh? What else is new? Uh, <laughs> and no mention of Sherlock or Elementary, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mentioned, but that's about it. Well, this this was actually uh, I thought uh, it was it was a good podcast so uh, <laughs> it was good good to be arguing about uh, this episode so yeah I think I think a little debate is healthy I have yeah. to go now okay I need sleep <laughs> yeah me too I still haven't done my hair and I need to do it <laughs> it's midnight so okay. Welcome to McKinley Cast the podcast about the. See, I almost said A&E show. Okay. <laughs> Stupid yes, mother. Okay. Welcome. <laughs> I, I can't do this anymore. I'm too... I'm it's about too, uh... it's about freaks and geeks. Okay. Oh my god, Emily, I have a question about um, the Bates Motel. The, uh, something I just heard, I don't know if it's true or not. What? It might be kind of spoilery. That's okay. Okay, I'm Is taking off true? my headphones. Okay, take your okay. headphones off. Is it true that the mother and son actually kissed? Ew. Yes. But ew. not... Okay, here's the deal. No, ew. <laughs> no, no, here's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> it's very innocent, and she did it as, like, a motherly kiss. But we're thinking he's a little, um... Mm. Are you back, Harold? Can I come back on? Yeah, it's... She just asked if it was true that um, Norman and Norma kissed, and I'm trying to explain... Oh, yeah that the kiss on the end of last season wasn't, like, really, really gross. Just a little gross. <laughs> I'm just trying to avoid spoilers. <laughs> I know. <laughs> See, I'm not sure with mother-son incest there is a little bit gross. Don't watch Boardwalk Empire. I wouldn't plan on it. I watched the first episode, and I could not. There's, like, a full-on sexual relationship. Oh, yeah. See, they're just really close. <laughs> All right. That's just all I can really say. They're just really close. So just and a little it's, creepy. It's absolutely 100% innocent on her part. We're not 100% sure about Norman. But, you know, yeah. if you've maybe. seen Psycho, you know he's kind of uh, her also. Maybe, maybe you know, it's 100% innocent. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Right. Well, it's we'll all still up to Spoiler free. <laughs> We're at the beginning of season three. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I gotta tell you, man, I'm not... I, I My... Baby mama kisses my son on the mouth. And every time she does it, I think it's so weird. I mean, am I weird to think that that's weird? Because I think it's weird. I also think it's weird. That's At five weird. years old? Um. Well, he's about to be seven. Oh, seven. It, it's cultural. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's... She's from New Jersey. What culture? What do you mean? New Jersey has, like, you know, a dozen or more different cultures in it. It depends on the the family and stuff. I mean, some families kiss on the lips. You know, I mine doesn't. But I I mean, if my mom ever kissed me on the lips, I would not see her for a long time after that. Well, yeah, no, it's not. I mean, if it's not normal thing, but yeah, I mean, as I say, it's not in my family, but I've I've seen it in a lot of families. Hey guys, if we want to get out of here. We yeah, do. let's let's do it. Let's go. All right, Em, let's let's try okay. this again, sweetheart. Okay. I'm Emily. Hang on.
Oh, I'm rich. <sighs> I'm Carol. I'm Katrin. <laughs> we are so bad at this, guys. What is happening? Well, I, I was pretending to take a fake bong hit. I don't know. Yes, and it sounded like it sounded like you were putting on shaving cream. <laughs> oh man, it's just not working out. I thought. Are you sure you still here? I didn't even hear you say anything. She didn't. She's gone. Aisha! If I get louder, do you think she'll answer? <laughs> I don't think so. We're so good at this. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah. Hey! Okay, so you guys lost my audio, but I heard everything you guys said. Hmm. Alright, hold on. Does this sound like a bong hit? No? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Alright. Man, you're freaking me out. <laughs> let's try this one more time. Um, let's just do the introductions. You want to cut out the middle part mm-hmm. where we failed at introducing ourselves? Yeah. All right. M, just start us off. <laughs>